All right. We're back at it again. This is episode four of uh, Black DeMarco's community podcast. Um, I'm here today with, can you say your name for us? Come on, Aliyah. <laughs> I, I, <chickened laughs> I chickened out at the last Everybody moment. Everybody always does. I chickened out at the last moment. I was like, I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to fuck it up. I'm just going to let her say it. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 What, what, what's going on? What are you getting into? Well, um, I am in the process of moving. Okay. Uh, it was a hell of a time to move. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've lived in an apartment for five years. Mm-hmm. And so now it's, uh, we found this house in Nashboro Village. And um, it's just, it's amazing. Like we, um, we're painting, mm-hmm. we're staining wood, we're mowing the grass, <laughs> like things that you don't do when you have an apartment. Yeah. Um, I just mowed the grass today, and it, and then I, when I left, I looked at my work, and I'm thinking, wow, that looks so nice. And you never you never think that stuff until you actually have to do it. So you're doing this all all yourself. Uh, well, I have a roommate. Okay. Um, and she she painted her room, but uh, like I've got a studio there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I painted all that. Um, my parents helped me, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, for the most part I am. I, I like those kind of like jobs. It's yeah. Now, it's fun. have you always been handy or are you kind of learning as you go? I'm learning as I go. Oh, okay. So I've got this like seven foot by four foot sound panel that mm-hmm. I just built and it's going to hang on the ceiling as a cloud. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea how to hang it up. Like I don't I, I I went to Lowe's today. By the way, Lowe's and Home Depot. Look, Home Depot's better by far. But I went to Lowe's and I bought these like they're like a U-shaped metal piece. So I'm gonna try that. Hopefully, nail the top and then nail it to the ceiling and and hopefully it works. Okay, so. cool. Look, I believe in you. I think it's gonna be done. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> I didn't expect to get into the music this early, but it's funny that you meant you're, you're you're learning as you go with this. And I think yeah. you you released a song called "Mistakes Are Underrated." Yes, it's been uh, what two or three weeks? It hasn't been very long. Uh yeah, I'd say three weeks. Okay, three or four. So why 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 call a song "Mistakes Are Underrated"? So, uh, to be honest, um, the whole song, the beginning, it talks about how I messed up, and you know, the person I was with cheated on me. Um, and I couldn't let that go and, but we tried to work it out, but I still couldn't let it go. And I kept, oh, but you're going to do this. Like, it was just a constant like issue, issue. But then at the end of the song or actually in the chorus, I go, oh, I realize that I'm, I'm doing this and I'm pushing you away and now it's making our relationship even worse. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, oh, give me back your love. Um, I know I made a mistake. And uh, so the whole song is like going back and forth. And then at the end of the song, it switches to um, I'm realizing, wait, you did cheat on me. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I've forgiven you three times. True story. Uh, (laughs) I really hope he doesn't hear this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I've forgiven you three times. And you know what? Whatever. Uh, Can I cuss? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, uh, absolutely. What, uh, I'm done with you. So then at the end of the course, it goes, don't give me back your love, babe. I know you made a mistake. Um, but the reason I titled it Mistakes Are Underrated because in the beginning I made a mistake and then he wouldn't 
see through it. He was upset at me. And then at the end, I realized he made a mistake. And it's just like, I feel like we're so hard on each other. When just we're not perfect. And I feel like life goes, it's pull and tug. It goes back and forth. And, you know, even with work, it's like if you make a mistake, at least at the job I'm at, I work with a lot of people <laughs> from Jersey. Okay. And if you make one mistake, it's like your head gets chopped off. And it's just underrated. It's like. Yeah. <sighs> it's interesting. Um, so that's why I named it that. It, it, that, that title really jumped out at me just because I think that, like, in, in order to do anything, like, if you're going to, like, do handiwork around your house or, like, if you're working on building your own studio, because I know that's something that you've been working on as well, learning to do anything is essentially you fucking it up over and over and over again yeah, until you realize what works and what doesn't. It's facts. Like, this, this is all a big game of trial and error, but... Life. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like... Just you, you're talking about these people in the, from Jersey <laughs> yeah. who chop your heads off, chop your head off. If you hope they mistake. don't hear that either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess the only way that they would know is if you shared this with them. Um, yeah, <laughs> probably. But it, it's, it, it, I think, like in, implicitly, we all know that this is all a big trial and error thing. But we also, we just don't give anybody else that same credit. You see no, what I'm saying? Yes, I do. And yeah. I, I think you know. You, you're aware of this, but I think uh, the way life has evolved and uh, the way like companies are turning so corporate and the way people sue so quickly just to make money, I just think it's made people more, um, it, I think it holds us to a higher level, which is fine. Like we, we, we need to be our best self, but I think that, you know, just the way at least this country is going, I feel like we're just held to this expectation of perfection. Um, even with music, like we have Melodyne, which is like perfect tuning. We have auto-tune. And if you don't use that stuff, other people will look at you like, at least what I've experienced, like, uh, no, Melodyne's a must. And it's like, well, wait. I oh, really? Is that... Okay, yeah. now because the, the music that I make is a little different than than than, than what you make, but um, yeah. I guess in some ways that's surprising to me. In other ways, it's not. You, people have told you that like, oh, yeah, you you have to like you know tune the shit out of your vocals 100%, and that sort of thing. Interesting. Yes. And yes. I'm so I'm assuming. Do, do do you use Melodyne? I don't. Okay. At least not on the last song. Mistakes are underrated, and I put out another song called "I'm at Peace." Mm-hmm. And I didn't use Melodyne on that, but that's just because I didn't have the plug-in. But I think um, with the producers I've worked with in the past, I believe um, the other four songs, my voice is Melodyned. We're going to come back to this. Let's talk about you for a second. You're from Ohio originally. Yes. And how long have you been in Nashville? I've lived in Nashville for five years in August. Five years? Okay. Now, did 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 you come for music? I... Yes, I came originally for music. Mm-hmm. Um, my first two years here, I didn't do anything. I was a publicist for Christian artists, and I was working for Lecrae. Oh and, shit! Okay. Um, uh, Andy Minio. Uh-huh. Uh And then I, there was this uh, Texas country guy named Robert Earl Keane, okay. who I worked for, and I did all their press, and um, it was really dope. I got to work with uh, one guy who was Beyonce's publicist and Princess, so yeah. that was dope. Um, but the reason I did that job was because I thought it would help me as mm-hmm. an artist. But it, 
looking back now and now that I'm doing my own artist thing, it did help me because I see, um, you know, there were some people who would deny Lecrae an interview. Like some radio stations, no, we don't want to interview Lecrae. Or newspapers, no, we don't want to put him on the cover. So in my head now, when I get denied, I'm like, all right, well, if Lecrae's getting denied. It's okay if I get denied. I don't take it so hard on myself. I don't, I don't get mm-hmm. so upset. Um, so I did that for two years, and I really didn't like it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was mostly because I, I was an artist, and I was promoting these other artists, and I, was getting, I wasn't getting ahead anywhere. Yeah. So I quit that, and then I found a job doing uh, graphic design and marketing for a window company right after that. So I did that for two years. And then last, last or two, it was two Mays ago, um, I finally said, fuck it, I'm done with this nine to five bullshit, and I'm going to go to a school that teaches yoga so I can be a yoga teacher, and then I'm going to bartend on the weekends, and that's how I'm going to make my money, and I'm going to do music full time. Okay. Sweet. So that's that's kind of like the fast forward whole thing, but I've been doing music full time for the past year and a half. Nice. That was actually very concise. Um, did not know that you had been a publicist, a publicist especially for like Andy Mineo and Lecrae yeah. are been pretty big Christian heavyweights. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, so you, you were telling me bootleggers in, that's where you ended up. Yes. Right. Yes. Now I think what's interesting is that you, you came to Nashville for music, but like a, a lot of the time people come here to make country. Yes. Which is cool. Uh, yes. but the country yeah. is not, that, that, that's not like your, yeah. Your Overton window. It was here. when I first moved here. Wait, what? Yeah. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I was raised on a, a farm town. Like, I was raised on country music. I know all the country songs. Uh-huh. Um, and I moved here because, like, Shania Twain was my biggest inspiration. I wanted to be, I wanted to sing with her. I I, I, I think that's how I kind of trained my voice to sing like her. Um, but when I moved here, I tried to write country music and I got. I kind of got bored with it. Like I didn't, or maybe it wasn't bored. Maybe I just wasn't good at it. Maybe that's what it was. Um, so, but then I started, my ears just started, I, I found Spotify at my job <laughs> and I started finding all of this other music. Mm-hmm. And I was also raised in a house where we didn't have internet. We didn't have satellite or cable. We had five channels. And so when I wanted to hear new music, I'd have to go to my parents' work where they had low slow internet and i have to use LimeWire and get and you know do all that i had so many burned cds Mm -hmm. and so when i went to college and um started discovering other music but then it was when spotify came out when i was like oh shit this is a lot of music i love oh i think i like this and that after that i started finding the sound I wanted to start making. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Now, do you? So, what? What were some of the artists that you were finding on Spotify that kind of like transitioned you to to pursue the sound that you're Ooh. developing now? Okay. The band Arizona. Uh, I'm not familiar. Okay. Tell me about them. The, uh, you you'd like them. The band Tame Impala. Okay. I, I know um, Tame. Yes. Now, my my music isn't similar to him, but um, it was like that vibe that glass animals oh yeah dude their first record was so good oh my i didn't did not care for the second one too much that first fucking album was dope the one where the first album had the orange cover with all the people right yeah. yes i i that might be the second one actually is there is there a third one out i think there uh i don't know the, the the first album i know it's purple I can pull it up and show it to you. Yeah. Um, it has that song Gooey on it. Yes. 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 We yeah. are. Now that record is fucking dope. I know. I love it. I love Glass Animals. They inspired me so heavy. Okay. So and, yeah. Got a little Tame Impala. We've got a little Glass Animals going on. What else we got? Um, 
I found Kiara. Okay, I'm not familiar with her. Uh, I found her and I really liked her shit. And then I found this band called Wet. Mm-hmm. And I really like it's all like uh it was all psychedelic kinda um chill pop music is what I was really starting. My brain was really liking. Gotcha. And then um it morphed into like a year later, it morphed into like more Russ. I found Russ, who's like a rapper. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I I do like I don't I don't listen to a lot of Russ's music, but I, I have a lot of respect for him and the way that he was able to build his fan base doing the whole song a week thing. Yeah. Um, I don't. That, ha- yeah. I don't have the capacity to write like that much and it still be good. But I, I, I know. yeah, I think it's a testament to um, to 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 how much consistency plays into this. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I found him, and I really liked him. And I think that's partially why I really liked him, too, was because of his hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, those those were um, a lot. I mean, there were a lot of bands I can't remember off the top of my head, but there were a lot that I was vibing with and I had never heard before, and I'd never even heard this type of music before. And I'm like, oh, okay, I want to make chill pop music. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's just been changing ever since. Now at the I'm at the point where I'm like, well, I don't know what I want to make. I just want to make dope music, which is so vague. Um, but uh, I don't know. I got a song coming out um, on July 11th. I think that's next Friday. I'm not sure. Yeah, that, that, Is that sounds next about Friday? right. Today, that would be Saturday maybe. Today's the third. Yeah, Seven. July 11th. Okay. okay. Um, and to be honest, I don't know what the fuck genre that song is. I, I don't know. So, um, yeah, it, I, th- I think it's, it's just like we're all growing. Mm-hmm. We're all growing. Absolutely. And I have to keep telling myself, no one's ever lived this life before. That's true. But it's hard to think that when you have, you know, older people who have money and you look at them and go, oh, they have it figured out. Like, like my parents, to be honest, like they, they seem like so dope. Like they, they, they're set financially. Mm-hmm. They have their business. They've got a house and they've had, they have three kids. Okay. They know how to live life. But then I have to keep telling myself, wait, no, this is the first time they've ever been 52. Yep. They don't know what it's like. You look, hey, you, you, you were preaching. Yeah. You, you preaching. Look, I, <laughs> one thing that, um, my, so my parents are a little older. My, 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 my mom just turned 60 yesterday. So happy birthday, mom! Yeah, happy belated. Um, and my dad will be sixty-six in December. Okay. I am twenty-six. Okay. So they're a little older than me. Uh, at my age, they were both in the armed forces. Oh. And wow. when you're in the armed forces, you don't get a twenties. Like you, wow, you live yeah. your twenties, but because like your your life and your schedule is marked out to a T. Wow. Um, they move a lot. No, no, they, they, so by the time I was born, they were out. Oh, okay. But they, they met in the armed forces. Like my dad has been both in the Marines and the army. My mom was just in the army. Um, but because they, you know, the, the part of your life where you're in your twenties and you're doing dumb shit that a 20 year old would do. Right. You don't really get to do in the armed forces. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like you maybe like, as far as your professional life is concerned, you're kind of a grown up, but you're still very much a young adult in personality. So to be a parent who like on paper had their shit figured out and then try to like guide a 20 year old who is not in the armed forces and is just kind of stumbling through the world. just kind of Ooh. a mismatch. Whoa. It is a mixed yeah. match. Cause they like, you know, there, there are a lot of older oh, people damn. who kind of expect, Oh, well you're, 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 you're 27. You're supposed to have all your shit figured I'm out. 27 I'm like, too. Okay. Well, so when's your birthday? May 2nd. 
Gemini. Taurus. Taurus. I do. I always get Taurus and Gemini mixed up. When's yours? Halloween. I'm, I'm Scorpio. Oh. <laughs> Everybody Woo. always does that. You know what's funny? I have a very dear friend of mine. Shout out Lauren uh, Lowbags. Love her. She is a redhead Scorpio from New York. Okay. That's that, that's all very <laughs> spicy. <laughs> but she's the best. But does she make music too? No, she doesn't. Um, she's a good, she's a big music fan and she finds the best music. She, she's mm. introduced me to a lot of stuff, but... um. Anyway, so but, yeah, so that's you, a mixed match. Yeah, it is because they 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 have no reference point of what it is to be a twenty something. Wow. Because you, you're like I said, when you're in the armed forces, you're not really a twenty something. So what did they do when they were in their twenties? I don't. So like the ages are a little weird. They met at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I, I think my mom was eighteen when they met. So my my dad's I don't know six years older than her. So what would that be? Okay, nineteen twenty-one to twenty-three. Okay, so he was a twenty-three-year-old in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. It was his first. He was. He, I think he'd already gone to college and then he went in the army. But um, that was his first time away from home. I know that he was married one time before when he was twenty-eight. But like you know, when I don't know what you do when you 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 go to sleep probably at like nine or ten, and you got to wow. wake up at six in the morning for formation and all that kind of shit. Your like your life schedule is like laid out for you. You wow. know what I mean? And if you go out and you get in trouble, that has like real world Whoa. implications for your life. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. But the, the only point that I'm making is like when you're in the armed forces, the playbook is written for you, especially mm-hmm. when you're in the you know in your twenties. Whereas like I went to college, and I, like I studied audio engineering and I realized I don't cool. want to record other people's music for a living. So I came out and I had like, you know, 30 grand in debt and I was like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Oh, no. And I've just been spending the past three years trying to figure out what the fuck do I do now? Yeah. Um, so what do your parents say about it? Uh, I think that they, they like, so they were down here right before all this COVID shit happened and like they were asking me about my job and they were asking oh. about like promotion opportunities and that sort of stuff. Oh. And like, you know, they, I mean, your parents want the best for you. Yes. They do, yeah. But it's like, you know, I, I, I'm not necessarily like trying to climb the corporate ladder. Right. Um, so I, what'd you say? I can't remember what the fuck I said. I said some bullshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, said some bull- I don't know what the fuck Make I said. Happy. Yeah, because um, it. I mean, it's it's kind of like what what I think both of us are trying to do is like in trying to figure out like what it is to be a musician in like the digital era. Because um, like yep. we're talking about before, there is no playbook for any of this. Yeah. Um, and it it it's kind of hard to make this make sense for other people because literally anybody on the outside is looking at this and they look at you like you're just wasting your fucking time. I know. Um. And I, I don't feel like I am. I know for a fact that I'm not, but I do know that's how a lot of people perceive it. You see what I'm saying? Yes, hundred um, percent. I say all this to say nobody. Like I don't give a fuck how old they are. Nobody knows what the fuck yeah. they're doing, or no, nobody knows what they're talking about. Some people are better at hiding it than other people. Some people have had more like jump shots in the gym. Some yeah, people, yeah. you know, they, some people have had more experience with what doesn't work or what does work. But everybody's like spitballing this shit. Yeah. Um. Wisdom is a pretty hard thing to uh, oh, to to get, but I think with age yeah. you do get wisdom. But um, yeah, nobody does know. Yeah, nobody knows. Just, you know, with your point about wisdom, wisdom is it it, it it's, it's the benefit of all of your fuck ups. Mm-hmm. That's that's really yeah. what it is. Yes, you become wise yes. by being a fucking dumbass. Yes. Um, and nobody wants to make mistakes, yeah. though. So, yeah, you if you, you play it safe, you ain't going to learn a goddamn You're thing. You're not going to learn anything. 
Um, yeah, and this is another thought that I've had, and a lot of people say, "Gosh, Serena, you're so negative." But the other thought that I have, that? yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, my uh, you, my very good friend, he would say that to me a lot. Um, but I was just like to think a lot, and this is a thought I had. I thought, you know what? In about 150 years, mm-hmm. we're all gonna be dead. Mm-hmm. We're all gonna be dead. In <laughs> like. <laughs> like, th- just think about, like, the Kardashians are going to be dead. Post Malone's going to be dead. All these people that we idolize and, like, you know, uh, they're in the news and the, you know, uh, online mo- Instagrams. We're all going to be dead. And the world's going to keep going. And then there's going to be another generation of what exactly what we are seeing. Only it's going to be another generation. And we're all going to be gone. It's true. I, I just think, I don't know. I, I, these, these are these are very simple thoughts, but to me, it's like, pff, whoa. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think that is a weird thing. It reminds me, reminds me of that, like, Flaming Lips song. Um, do you realize, I don't know if you'll ever listen to that mm-hmm. song. Here's a part in that song where he says, you know, do you realize that everyone you know someday will die? Um, I'm, I like, I like being alive. Obviously, I'm not going to be here forever. I just want to, but I do want to enjoy my time yes, while yes. I'm here. And me I too. want to. Me too. I don't want to spend this life doing shit that I don't want to do. You see what I'm saying? And I, I think that yes. there, there there's a degree of privilege in in being able to think that way. Um, I think if there's one thing that I really want to do in this life is make sure that other people have the privilege just to be able to think about that. Like my parents didn't have that. They grew wow. up poor and they, you know, they 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 worked for everything that they had. Yeah. Um, and and they they did incredibly well for themselves and whatnot, but they they didn't have the luxury to be able to dream. You see what I'm saying? Right. I do. I do. Um, I think it's a generation thing too. I think, you know, when our parents were growing up, it was it was a completely different generation. It was a different it was a different vibe, different energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because. Uh, a lot of these, I feel like a lot of these older people, they're, you know, work for what you have, work for what you have. Mm-hmm. And now our generation, I really feel, I think it's an energy. Our generation is, yeah, work, work, but also, like, work to be happy. Yeah. Don't don't work just to get your white picket house. Right. Nobody cares about your house with a white picket fence, I feel like. Nobody cares about that anymore. Right. So, um, it's interesting to me about that kind of stuff and... Um, yeah, it's. Have you ever seen the the show Midnight Gospel mm-hmm. on Netflix? No, I haven't. It sounds. Is that the they, the the people that made Adventure Time? It's a cartoon. Uh, it is a cartoon. I don't know if the, they made Adventure Time. I can't remember the guy who's in charge of it. He's 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 got podcasts as well. Oh. And um, this is a cartoon. And it just talks about all. It just talks about life stuff. Mm-hmm. But the the point of it is. It's like teach you about meditation and about life and love, and but all the while, all these crazy things are going on. Like it's a cartoon and it's trippy. It's like this person's dying on the left side of the screen while this person is an angel flying. It's just crazy stuff. But I think why they did that was to train your mind to focus on one thing, and that is their conversation. That is something to have. I need more practice at same you know, kind of like existing in the moment. Like even like today, today was kind of like a busy day, and um, like I was kind of like not in like the like in the zone headspace. I'm chilling now. Yeah, but, me um, too. Yeah, same actually. Uh, my, my mom was like all over the fucking place today. Um, same. 
<laughs> Same. Yeah, it's just very, it, it's, it's exhausting. Um, I, I, I wish that I were better at living in the moment and just like honing in on one thing. Well, the interesting thing that I learned two weeks ago from, I've, I've literally watched the show twice now because I miss stuff, what they say, because I get distracted by what's going on and then I miss their conversation. But the interesting thing that um, one of them said was a way for you to train your mind to meditate is um, if you just like open your hands and if you just think about your hand and how does it feel like on the inside like do you feel like an energy ball do you feel like heat like but but and and what that does is it makes your mind it's forcing your mind to think about one thing Mm -hmm. and and so i i did it this morning right Mm -hmm. when i got up Mm -hmm. and i noticed my mind kept going to my right hand it could be because i'm right dominated And I felt more of a heat from my right hand. And then she said, now once you can do that for one minute, now try to do up your arm. Mm -hmm. And then if you can now, can you do on both sides? And now if you can do that for one minute, guess what? Mm -hmm. You're in the present. And uh, so I I did, I've been been really trying to practice. It is, you have got to train your mind. You can't just do it on the first day. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think about my hand, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to do that sound panel. Oh, I can't wait to go to Lowe's today. Oh, no, no. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now, how long have you been practicing it, 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 it meditation? Because I know that you went to school to be a yoga teacher. Were you in Yes. Your, okay. So tell, tell us about that. Uh, well, uh, meditation I didn't really understand, to be honest. I went to the whole school and everything. And they said if you, if you do it correctly and you practice enough, you'll reach bliss is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just like a euphoria state. Um, but it's very hard to get to that. And it takes a lot of practice. That's why they call yoga. It's a practice. But for I've been, to be honest, I'm just going to say one day. Because today was my first day. I really sat down and was successful. Well, okay, I guess I practiced, but I wasn't successful. So I guess a year. Okay. But today I was actually successful. Like I sat there and yes, my brain was going off thinking about Lowe's, thinking about my house, thinking about this and that, and thinking about this today. And then I got to work out tonight with somebody. But I kept going back to my hand. Mm -hmm. And that really helped. Um, so today was the first successful day I've ever meditated. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about music. Um, cause you, I, I would agree that your music is very chill pop music. Good. There's a lot of guitar, mm-hmm. um, which is not necessarily a staple of pop. I think it's cool, yeah. but I, I think that you are unique in that respect. Um, how long have you played? I, oh, I'm not a good guitar player. I play chords, and mm-hmm. I played since I was, uh, I don't know, seventh grade. Okay. But I've never tried to become better at it. I was in a all-girl band, mm-hmm. and we would play 50s music, and we wore poodle skirts and saddle shoes. This is in Ohio? Yes. Okay. And we would go to play at nursing homes and um, fairs and theme parks. Mm-hmm. And people loved it. And we would make money. Um, and I played, that's when I learned to play guitar. I played guitar in the band and I played drums and then I played keyboard. <laughs> yeah. But I never tried to get better at any answer piano is probably my main instrument and i never tried to get better my voice is um where i i lean on the most okay. it just comes um it's the easiest and i'm i guess i'm lazy <laughs> well i i mean i i don't know 
don't think, it, and this is my personal opinion, I don't think that it's super important to excel in all areas. You know what I'm saying? Um, you, you know, it's, it's nice to know a little bit about everything. It is nice. Um, and really, what, what, what the only thing that matters is how happy you are with the end result, right? Right, right, right. Um, yeah. But with that being said, you, I think, because you, you, you do all your shit from the bottom up. Yeah. Um, I just recently started. Do actually putting out music that I've done by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's like three or four songs that I have out that I solely just wrote the lyrics and the melody. Um, and I had producers work with me that did the the tracks and stuff and mixing and mastering. But um, this is something new I've started because to be honest, as an artist, I was feeling not important in the rooms. I was like oh, I, I'm just a singer, and I'll just write the lyrics. But to be honest, now that I'm doing production, the lyrics and the melody are the most important part. Ooh, you say that again. They are. None of that other shit matters. If, none if, of if, it, if, yeah. no, it doesn't. And But none of these producers told me that. Like, I would get, but it's probably because I never told them I was getting down to myself. If I would have said, hey, guys, I just don't feel like I'm really important, and I'm kind of down right now, they probably would have said, Serena, you're you you're writing the song. This is important. But to me, I was like, I'm not behind the laptop. I'm not sitting there in charge. And I'm kind of I don't think I'm a controlling person, but I like to I like things my way, you know. Um and so I went through that and that's why I decided I'm gonna learn how to produce and I'm gonna learn how to do all this other stuff. And um that's why I'm doing it now. Nice. But then, but now I'm learning the layers and the melody are way more important. That, look, yeah, because you, there's nothing. I mean, that's the foundation. There's no like you're. It's it's like if, if you you're working with a producer, like in like if the song is ass, you're it's like putting putting yeah. icing on like I don't know like a roach or yeah, something like yeah. that and expecting somebody to eat it. Yeah, yeah, uh, so true. So you, so you, you've yeah. got six singles out right now. You've been releasing them one at a time. Yes, right? yes. So uh, about where, where, where in the progression did you start doing your own production? So the song I get it is a song that I. I didn't sit behind the laptop, but, well, okay. To be honest, all of those songs, I was in the room while they made the beat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, and I was very proactive about, oh, no, no, the snare should go there. Oh, no, 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 the, the symbol's too loud. Let's let's fix that. So um, I was the kind of that artist. And it, to be honest, I worked with this one guy. Uh, his name's Jason Therem. He's great. Um, but I would get on his nerves sometimes. But we're like, we're like very good friends. Um, but I remember one time I was saying something I heard and it's really hard sometimes for me to tell what I'm hearing in my head to tell them. And he kicked me out of the studio. He was like, Serena, just go out of my studio for 10 minutes and come back and I'll have it. And I'm like, all right, (laughs) now I'm mad at you. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was, that was one thing, but, um, the, I'd say the past three songs, think are ones i've done all by myself the past three okay sweet, yeah so sweet, mistakes sweet, are sweet. underrated i'm at peace and i think is there any 
Is there one more? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, that's that's the the one I'm embarrassed by. There's a song called Silly Billy. I like that one. You like that, that one? Because I think like oh, you, okay, good. just to rewind, like I found you in like the Gary V comment section on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Like I'd said something and then you like replied to it and then we just happened to be both on Instagram. I was yeah. like, oh look, this is somebody in Nashville who so likes cool. Gary V. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think that song came out like shortly after I followed you or whatever. And I was like, okay, though this is catchy. <laughs> so uh, you, th- this is so, about this yeah. song is about goat yoga. This song, okay. Everybody <laughs> always says "go, go," which stands for greatest of all time. Right, right, right. And so we, me and two other girls, actually three girls, we were all in a writing session, and it was actually the first session I had where I was behind the laptop, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Hey guys, what if we make just something dumb, like something just funny and and catchy and just for fun?" Because mm-hmm. everyone's always like so serious, so serious. And they're like, okay, well, what are you thinking? I'm like, well, you know, everyone says go. Why don't we like, like, you know, kind of <laughs> change it up and like actually like we are go and but we could talk about goats. And they're like, oh my gosh. And the whole session came so smooth and it was so fun. Like yeah. we had we had so many ideas. There was there was a line where we wanted to use like butter churning, and we couldn't because well we could, but we just didn't. There's just so many things that we had, and we had to cut it down, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of the, the story behind that. It was fun. I think it's. I look. I, I I I like it too. Yeah. I I think that just like you said, people do take themselves too seriously, and I think that's one of the best things you can do for yourself is not take yourself too seriously. Like yeah. be- believe in what you do. But just don't don't hold yourself up to an imaginary standard. You see what I'm saying? Yes, like, I do. Um, yes. So that was kind of like, um, and you know, I think it came out. I put it out right at the perfect time because COVID was just hitting, yeah. and um, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. This is everybody needs to laugh, and so I started reaching out to goat farms and <laughs> sent them the song and. Uh, I had a goat farm actually send me merch on oh, their shit. farm. They're like, "Oh my gosh, we love this song so much. This is we're gonna send you some merch. What's your address?" So I got some dope stickers and of a goat farm. And nope. uh, there's a there's this goat cheese at Kroger that's literally called Purple Haze, and in the song. I talk about purple haze. Mm. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, goat cheese and purple haze. I have to reach out to them. So I reached out. They're the ones that sent me the merch. So Okay. Fuck yeah. Fun. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it was a good time. You were you were working at Bootleggers Inn when COVID hit? Yeah. yeah. I, w- I remember it was a Sunday and it was the day, I think Monday was it when everything shut down. I was working that Sunday and people were ordering Coronas just to be stupid. But to be honest, you know, it was funny back then, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Now fucking look. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. And you know what? I was. I hate to say this, guys. I'm sorry, but I was one of those people that didn't take it seriously. I didn't want to wear a mask. I was like, oh, this is so dumb. How dare the government tell me that I can't wear a mask? How dare the government tell privately owned businesses that they have to shut down? This is hurting people. But then, you know, the more I, I researched and the more I listened to people and talked to people, my eyes became, the scales started coming off my eyes. And um, now I'm, I'm thinking, oh, now we're back to phase whatever. What is it? Two. Okay, so now we're back to phase two. And guess what? All the small businesses that were actually following the rules, yeah. I bet they're pissed. Yeah, dude, we, I just, we, we, I, I, I just, it, I, I still can't get over how bad we fucked this up. 
because like you know like n- n- none of the other developed countries fucked this up as bad as we did the, they um, didn't because i feel like the it, as bad as the lockdowns were as far as business is concerned and look totally necessary but what's worse than all of the economic damage of lockdown 1.0 is having to do this again, again. And it looks like we're heading closer and closer and closer to having to do this again. What do you think's gonna happen? Like, okay, so we're doing it again. Now what? Now what? I think that they're gonna have a harder time convincing the public to do it. And I, even even with this rollback to phase two, um, it, it, what what I, I get the sense that they're trying their hardest not to institute a full lockdown, not just here in Tennessee. I mean, this is all over the country. I think the governors are going to go out of their way to not put people under full lockdown. But roads are getting packed again. Yeah, it. The, I people think, aren't staying in. Right. So I see that the, the way I see nice it, out. we have two choices. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we'll see what happens after this fucking holiday weekend. It seems, oh gosh. And this is speaking as an un, this is just a regular dude. I'm not a fucking doctor or anything like that. But I feel like we have two choices: either we're going to do our best to uh, conduct life as normal and deal with the consequences, which are that which is scary for me to think about personally. Don't want to think about it. Or we say, you know what? Maybe let's 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 put the brakes on. Let's be responsible. Let's just yeah. yeah. Let's just come on. We're all in this together. But I, I really was. I was. There's a coffee shop in Nashville. I love. It's called Falcon. Uh, yeah, have you ever been, been there? there? Okay, yeah. Um, it's my favorite in all of all of Nashville, and they've been following the rules the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they have their little the side walk up window. And I've asked, I know the owner, and I've asked her. I go, when are you guys gonna open? I don't know, but we want to, but we just want to wait. And I'm like, you know, I appreciate that. They weren't even taking cash; they were taking card, which is at first I was like, whatever. But now I'm like, I respect it. But now it's like they were doing everything they were told to do and all these motherfucking bars on Broadway open up and I went, okay, so I went to Underground two weeks ago. My friend's DJ there and we went to go hang with him. We stood in like the blocked off little area. I had my mask on. Me and my other friend were the only ones I had masks, by the way. The place was packed. It was shoulder to shoulder no mask. Bartenders weren't wearing a mask. It was insane. And so all these bars are opening up and all this shit. And this poor little coffee shop is still closed trying to follow the rules. And now, guess what? Back to phase two, they still don't get to open. And they've yeah. done everything right. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it, it's, it's incredibly it's unfair. unfair to the people that are following the rules. And it, it, especially for Broadway in particular, like it, it, it seems like the owners of those bars. I think Steve Smith is, is the big one, you know, that ever that comes to mind when we talk about this. I don't know him. They are. Oh, you don't know Steve Smith? He owns Kid Rocks. I think he owns. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. He, he owns some other ones too, and you know he's he's he, a big dog. Yeah, he's he's a big dog. Um, but it, they they go out of their way to keep these places open, and I'm just going to be like, so like I understand that in the short term you want to make money, and maybe this this is just one of the great failings and irrationalities of capitalism. You're that dedicated to short term profits. I know. Let's say a bunch of people get fucking sick at Kid Rocks, and Kid Rocks is forever known as the epicenter of a Nashville COVID nineteen outbreak, oh or gosh. an epicenter of an outbreak in the Midwest because everybody came down here for a bachelorette party and went back and then took it to their grandparents or some shit. That's going to damage your business reputation. Yes. Okay, so you made a little money this weekend. You might be fucked in the long term. And it's going to hurt Nashville's reputation. Yeah. So 
they want they want to fucking gamble with that fine but like just you know this is this this is people's life that you're talking about i know they're gonna hurt nashville's reputation and also nashville's broke yeah the the mayor's been talking about that (laughs) Nashville's broke, so they do a 34%. Gosh, I love how we're getting political. I love it. Um, So we're going to do a 34% um, property tax increase, and then, oh, we're going to outlaw abortion. Oh, oh, and then we're going to legalize marijuana if you have um, less than half an ounce of marijuana. It's okay. You won't get in trouble now. Mm -hmm. They they literally pass all all these things in the matter of two weeks, and they're not telling anybody. And it's like, uh, the fact that you are depending on tourist money to fund your entire city is ridiculous. First off, I hate Broadway. Mm -hmm. I think it's a fucking joke. Mm -hmm. I think it's a joke. Yeah. Um, And a lot of people always, and first off, it gives Nashville a bad name. Mm -hmm. All these people from like my town, Ohio and Michigan, all these people, oh, uh, you singing anywhere? You think you're going to get found? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not how it works. Um, that, that pisses me off. I'm kind of over that because I've dealt with that so many, so for so long, but it just gives Nashville a bad name. I think Broadway does. I think it does Mm -hmm. because everybody thinks Nashville is just country, but it's not. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. It's not. Um, it is interesting that, um, so much of the, cause we're both, you know, transplants as are a lot of people because I'm from Atlanta originally. I um, love Atlanta. Oh, do you? I love Atlanta. Sometimes I wonder if I'll move back there someday. I don't really know though. We'll busy see. though. Yeah. It's um, very busy. It is busy. But I, I've gone there multiple times. Yeah. I've gone to beat battles. and. So I, I mean, I grew up, you know, in a suburb and I came to college when I was 18. So I've never been a grown up in Atlanta. Wow. So I, I haven't like really gone a lot of places. I'm like, I, I, like for somebody that grew up in the metro Atlanta area, like I've gone to like World of Coke and Six Flags and the Aquarium, oh. but like. Yeah, any, that's where I've gone. I've gone. Yeah. Well, th- but those, like, yeah, look, those, those like are the, family places. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've never like gone, I've never been a grown up. Yeah. You, know, you see what I'm saying? You haven't seen the nightlife, nope. what you're saying. Nope, nope, nope. Have you ridden that big Ferris wheel? No, because it wasn't always there. That was built like sometime in my lifetime. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't always there. Okay. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. Man, um, I've got some friends in Atlanta. It's great. Um, but yeah, the, the it is, a, I think, a vulnerability to like the, the Nashville economy that is tourist based because, you know, something like COVID can wipe out your entire economic engine. Yeah. Um, and that's what's happened. And like, you know, it's like, you know, it. it it's, it's barely even tour. Like, all, you're just coming to drink. I know. You can it's, do that anywhere. Uh, I, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. it. There was a, I think this was a BuzzFeed article, and it was long as fuck. I mean, this is like a 12 or 13 page long BuzzFeed article where they talked about, like, the, the honky-tonk industrial complex or some shit. This is years ago. But I, I think what it is is, like, Nashville is kind of centrally located, so where all these people in the Midwest, if they're coming down for a bachelorette party, Nashville's within a day's drive of them, mm. so it's like a, 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 a like a low stakes vacation, if that makes sense. Yes, and um, I think all that property down on Broadway was kind of cheap, so people got it and they turned it in all these bars and they licensed the names out to like country stars and that sort of thing, and then boom. Yeah, a lot of people made a lot of money. Um, I don't know how sustainable it is in the long term, though. I think it's funny how all these people think that uh, like Jason Aldean actually owns the bar, and it's <laughs> like he knows nothing about the bar. Mm-hmm. Like he, I literally, I'm sometimes I get mean, but uh, bartending ha- changed 
my personality towards human beings, but now I feel myself getting back to normal and loving humans again because I, I really, I love meeting new people. I love talking. Um, but when I was bartending, I just, maybe it was cause I was in the wrong bar and the type of, um, target audience or uh, customer base that we had coming in wasn't really my vibe. Like I would wear like circle glasses sometimes and just, I used to have, um, I had those like I had my hair, I hate combing my hair, and um, I, I would get, I got braids, like, they're very long, I put, like, I looked like a hippie, like, I looked like um, Bob Marley, they weren't dreads, but they were, they were long braids, and I had, like, wooden beads, and I, so I would, like, I'd come into work like that, and all the other bartenders wore their cowboy boots, and their, their jeans, and they had their ni- pocket knives, and their guns, and um, so, you know, it's just a lot of people would be like oh Jason Aldean does he does he go into that bar and I'd be so mean and I'd be like I'd be like um you know he knows nothing about that bar they just paid him put them they oh really you know that like now Kid Rocks does go a lot he doesn't I don't think he owns it either because Steve Smith I'm pretty sure owns his bar but they like you know they, they pay him to license the name or whatever uh, he does go a lot because he got drunk as fuck one time there, and they had to carry him out. Um, but I, I, one thing that's interesting about the because I, I I feel like for Jason Aldean's got one. Does Thomas Red have one? No, Dirk Bentley. Dirk Bentley's got one. Luke Bryan's got one. Redneck Riviera is. I don't know who is that guy. Redneck uh, Riviera is Tom uh, Rich, big and rich. I think. Oh, John Rich. I didn't yeah. know he owned that one. Yes. Um, obviously, um, Florida uh, Georgia Line. Alan Jackson. Al, which, who, AJ's. Which, oh, shit. So they all got one. And, <laughs> and then so now, ridiculous. Like, and hell, the, o, the OG is fucking Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett was on that shit long before anybody he was. He was. Yes, he <laughs> was. And those protesters fucking fucked his restaurant up. Oh, did they? Yes. Okay, look, I think Jimmy Buffett is a super nice guy. Like, I think, he, as far as I know, he's unproblematic. I think he's a great businessman. But, dude, Margaritaville is ass. That place is not fucking good. Are you serious? Do you like it? I've never been. Oh, it's not good. My dumb ass went to fucking Margaritaville for my 21st birthday. <laughs> I don't know. Why? Why did you pick Margaritaville? I, I, because, like, okay, so like, my my parents don't like. They, apparently, they drink a little bit now. Now that me and my brother are out of the house, but growing up, they didn't drink, and they were like very, very much anti-alcohol. So I didn't really start drinking until I was like twenty-two, and I just didn't know shit about it. And I was just like, oh, well, I'm twenty-one. I guess I should go to a bar. And when you're a dumbass twenty-one-year-old who like has never drank before, you do shit like pick Margaritaville and order a land shark. <laughs> yeah you know i'm on the same vibe i didn't drink either until i was 21 and i remember taking one jello shot and i thought i was drunk (laughs) oh god i could go actually no i couldn't because i got drunk last night and i was actually kind of hung over off what um so we went to that mexican restaurant over there had margaritas i made a couple margaritas here and i had a couple trulies oh okay Um, nice i can't i can't handle it like i used to Really? Yeah, nah, like twenty two and twenty three, I could drink pretty heavily and like Same. not have a hangover. Um, now a heavy night of drinking is a day of pain. Day of pain, day. yeah, yeah. You know, it's been so long since I've had a long night of drinking. I don't even know. I don't. I'll do it anymore. I, I drink red wine. Oh, that's very adult of you. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we all gotta grow up sometime. Oh no, we don't. But growing, but growing up isn't the same as getting old. That's f- uh, that's I mean? facts. That's facts right there. Um, so this is th- this, but w- this is what I was getting at with these fucking bars, though. Um, because I, I I feel like it's very indicative 
of how precarious income streams for musicians are because like you're somebody like Alan Jackson or Luke Bryan you probably you, you've probably got good like show income mm. you, you get, oh, those, yeah. those guys are like arena status so that's good income but taxes take a big chunk yep who and whatever your touring apparatus is yep, tour yep. man you know you got to pay all those motherfuckers yep um and they, they've all got major label deals mm-hmm. but like artists really don't make money on those deals like if you like like a kick-ass major label deal you're getting like 12 cents on the dollar yeah maybe if you're like legendary 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 status maybe you'll get 20 cents on the dollar after your after your recoupment right right um but i i think like when you're like for, for somebody that like didn't really have any concept of what the music industry was before i start trying to make music you just think oh yeah these dudes have fucking made it they're bringing in cash and i'm sure like these guys we're talking about are bringing a lot of money but it's indicative of the fact that they have to find income streams outside of music in order to make sure that they've got stuff coming in mm, you think that's why they did it, it has to be because you it, it's like like let's, let's use jimmy buffett as an example and he's older but like we know margaritaville like his song yeah jimmy buffett like you can literally look this up he's got dozens of albums and we know one oh, Jimmy Buffett song. You're right. But he he was like, "All right, well, this was a big big fucking hit. I'm gonna turn this into a brand of me being, you know, the the, the hippie country beach dude or whatever." And he, I I guarantee you that he's generating more income out of that. I'm sure. Than than the music. See, that's the thing. It's like, oh, so if, the, if those guys can't are nervous about it, mm-hmm. think about us. Oh, right, right now. I think this 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 is kind of a double edged sword kind of thing. I think that there's a lot of hope in this area, and this this is this is really why I thought you were a great person to interview because you make a lot of like online content. Mm-hmm. So now, in the digital age, is it really possible to be a musician, or are we all content creators who happen to be music? That is my question for you. Or are we all content creators that happen to do music? Whoa, I hate to say this. Okay, our soul are music creators, mm-hmm. but this earthly world, yeah, has made us option two. Yeah, it yeah, and don't believe me, it, it, it's something that I struggle with too, because I, I think it, it it's just the reality of of mainly the te- the, the technology and people's consumption habits. Um, there there was a time, let's say I don't know, thirty forty years ago, fifty years ago. As far as entertainment was concerned, what you have, you had books, you had print media, you had radio, mm-hmm. you could buy records in the store, you had maybe three TV stations. That's about what you had to entertain yourself as far as media was concerned. Now your 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 media consumption is infinite. Yeah. And suddenly music is digital content. Is is in competition not just with all the music, but literally everything else that people are scrolling to and from all I day know. long. I know. I know. That's on on top of that, streaming just doesn't pay that much. You, you know, know what? I, mean? what? I I stand to how I responded to that, but I'm I'm gonna weigh even heavier on option two. That I think we're even more on option look, two. Dude, I and look look, it's it's something that I'm struggling with, like because I. It's important for me, like in, in like my 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 grandfather was a sharecropper, right? Like my my all, all everybody in my family, all they've ever done is work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and they, they've, they've worked hard. There's nothing wrong with having an honest living or anything like that. But like, I, I feel like I've, I, I've been blessed with the perspective and uh, the opportunities to be able to like build an enterprise for myself. And as I started doing this, it became increasingly evident that it's like to, 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 to just make music. That's, 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 that's fuck, it's, it's, it's fucking hard to, to you know, yeah. Yeah. You gotta make a lot of it too. You gotta make a lot of it, um, and and I don't like. I'm not opposed to making a lot of it because obviously, if you like making music, you want to make more of it. Yeah, but we're also human, right? You can't. Everybody can't be fucking Russ. Yeah, and also <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I love music, but guess what? I don't eat, live, breathe that. Yes, I, if you eat, live, breathe music, I get. My dad said you gotta eat, live, and breathe it. I get that. I I agree at some to some level, but like for COVID, for example, when I went home for a month, I was like, all right, I'm gonna make a song every day. I'm gonna produce a song every day. I told myself that at one point too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I actually was good for two weeks. I did, mm-hmm. and but you know what? I'm a human mm-hmm. and you get tired of it mm-hmm. and you want to take a break. That's why when you're mixing music, you got to step out for a little bit. Your yeah. ears get, you. it's it's the same with anything. It's like working, I don't understand people who can do a job for 30 years, the same job. Dude, me neither. Like, how can you do that for 30 years? And they're like proud of it. They're like, yeah, I've been here for 35 years. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. the max amount of time that I work at a job, the same job, is about two and a half years. And that's the same, that, that goes with my relationships, too. <laughs> Spicy take. <laughs> yeah, you got me beat at two and a half years. Uh, my, my first big boy job out of college, I was there for about a year and a half, got fired. Where did you work? I, I was a work-from-home call center agent for Conduit. But how does that have to do with sound engineering? It doesn't. Oh no, <laughs> no, it doesn't. It do, but but who who the fuck is working in their degree field? I know, Almost I, nobody. I know. Yeah, no. I I needed like I need I needed a job, and I that know. was the one that I got. I don't it, know if college is going to be that significant in the next generation. We got <sighs> Google and YouTube. Yeah, I I mean I think. Unless you want to be a doctor, of Ooh, course. God, okay, we're 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 getting kind of deep here because growing up, you always heard, well, if you want to be successful. You got to go to college, which that's how we were taught our generation, a, right? But the the I think the the issue that I take with that is like because like you know this is like I'm using myself as an example. I'm a dude that went got a degree, didn't I, I do things like they were related to my degree, but it wasn't the job that I got wasn't for it. Really, what we were going into debt for was essentially buying class status because I talked about this two two so true yeah uh, two podcasts ago. We talked about the fact that. Even like un, like people who are like you know twenty one to thirty five, or twenty four to thirty five, even in that age group, those people that were like it was hammered into your head, you got to go to college to be successful, got to go to be a college. Yes. Only one third of Americans in that age group from twenty four to thirty five have a bachelor's degree. That means two thirds do not. Wow. And it, it it does make things harder not having one, but it also doesn't guarantee an easy ride once you had one. Does you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you, we, 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 we were, we were coerced into debt slavery. Number one, and number two, it wasn't debt slavery for a good job. It was debt slavery just so you could status. call yourself middle class. You bought status is what you bought with that thirty thousand so, dollars. That's so true. Yeah, um, that's so true. Yeah, it's so true. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, 
buying yeah, that can go with anything in life but mm-hmm. y- 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 if you want anything you can buy it yeah i mean um i'm just going to go back to spotify really quick um how we were talking about like labels and how they only pay you x amount of dollars guess what i think spotify is a big label Ooh, okay yeah, tell tell me why you think that because i think that their um spot their cure i've been actually posting about this mm-hmm. the playlist thing for um about 2 weeks now because i'm very i'm getting very passionate about this whole playlisting thing yeah. um i think that official spotify playlists are mandated by labels yes and so there's you so the whole idea of like, oh, I don't need a label. I'm going to be independent. I don't need a label anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if that's true. Mm-hmm. I think we still, I don't want to say we need it, but I think a label will still help you and it won't help you in the same way it did 20 years ago. It's going to help you with Spotify. Mm-hmm. But then here's the other thing. I was just talking to my friend about this um, right before I came here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Spotify is going to break you. Not, no, it won't. Not, not, not alone, it won't, no. Yeah. Let me go back to something you said. Spotify is a big label. Agree. I think that the, all, all the major labels own stakes in Spotify. That's number one. I don't know yeah. how big these stakes are, but they own pieces of that company, of, of like Spotify. They own pieces of, of, of Spotify's publicly traded stock. These publicly traded companies own pieces of this publicly traded company. So they have they have skin in the game. But um, I don't know if you how big you are in the podcasting, but you know that Joe Rogan signed that. I big, love Joe Rogan. Yeah, shout out to Joe. Um, he, 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 he can be a little problematic at times, but he, you know, his, his show is a good platform. Yeah. Um, he, so he, he signed that huge deal with Spotify and it's like a hundred million over X amount of years. So his po- podcast is exclusively going to be on Spotify. They did a, a similar thing with Kim Kardashian. They paid her X amount of money to produce a podcast specifically for Spotify. So Spotify is making this big push into the podcasting space. But if they can assign somebody exclusively to Spotify for a podcast, what's to say they can't do the same thing for Whoa. an artist? So I'm of the mind that it is possible in a decade, you know, 10, 20 years, because Spotify is not going anywhere, that they could put labels as we know them out of business. Wow. Because like you, you and we, like we, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but it's like, you know, if they wanted to say, okay, well, once, once Ed Sheeran's contract runs out, you know, it's like, oh, you know, okay, well, they're, 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 they're going to give you, you know, you know, 10 million Whoa. advance or whatever. They probably, you know, not a 10 million advance, probably won't be that big, but X amount of money. It's like, okay, we'll double whatever they're giving you if you come and have your music exclusively on our platform. And then they've co opted his entire fan base just to go listen to their music on You're Spotify, so right. which I think should be illegal. I think that that's monopolistic. Yes. But what do you think these labels are thinking? Do you think they know? Do you think they're scared? Um, so the, the thing with the major labels, there's no major label that stands alone. That's number one. Like, you know, there's, there's UMG, there's Universal Music Group. Okay, well, they also produce movies. Mm. Um, all, all of your major, la- major labels are also just major media companies, and they've got old money. So that, 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 that's number one. But I do think that in the long, long game, they're being outcompeted by internet companies. That's YouTube. I mean, that's Google, rather. That's Facebook. That's Spotify. All these mm-hmm. new media companies are outcompeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're outcompeting the old media companies. I don't know what the old media companies are doing to pivot to kind of meet 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 that demand. But um, 
I agree. I, I think that they are scared. I don't think that they're like I don't think they're necessarily going to collapse because they've been around for a long time and they got shit ton of money. Um, but we you're 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 already seeing how how rapidly like the the content consumption uh, apparatus is changing. Yeah. Um, because it's like even with like even even this whole podcasting thing with Spotify, like they 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 did it because Joe Rogan like up, uh, uploads all of his shit to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And he gets a lot of downloads from Apple. Well, they he they just took business away from Google and Apple when they did that. Oh my gosh. So and you know they're they, and obviously like he he he's the it's the biggest podcast in the world. People will follow him to that platform. Yeah. Um. He he talks about a lot of stuff. He has a lot of interesting um interesting guests too. And um, you know, it's not just it's not just on one one area. It's right. he's having all kinds of people. Yeah. Um. But I did hear about him with the Spotify, and you make a very interesting point. If they are able to do that with individuals, right? They, I think you're going to see something like that. Like I think that the literally that move, I guarantee you we're going to talk about like historically for the like the entire not not even just music, but just the entire content consumption game change with that move alone. Mm. Um, because even even aside from like the 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 prospect that they they can sign somebody to exclusive deals on their platform. They can also, they've, they've also said that we care more about podcasting than music. They said that? Well, well think about it. They offered one dude $100 million yeah. for, for a podcast. Because, right. like, and supposedly they're, they're going to, which I think, like, for, for, for people like us, I, think, I don't think this is a bad thing inherently, cause, but I think they are going to start adding video to Spotify because they're going to have a, a, a video component for Joe Rogan's show on Spotify. Wow. See what I'm saying? Spotify is going to be, like, the next Facebook yeah, they're they're or, or the next YouTube. It's oh like because like right God. now YouTube doesn't really have a direct competitor. Yeah, if they add video yeah. to Spotify, YouTube now has a direct well, competitor. Well, they kind of do. I mean, they have like those like little videos for um, songs that will pop up. Right. Yeah. Which that they suck. But, but I, I think they're going all out with it. Wow. I because I, I mean you remember a couple of years ago when Instagram added IGTV. Yeah. Um, but going back to like the little people like us, right? Yeah. <laughs> But we just have to remember, all those big companies are made up by little people like us. That's true. Yeah. That's true. They, but I mean, it's also, I don't think they give a fuck about us, though. Um, Yeah, but we don't give a fuck about them. That is also true. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like. So let's let, let let's 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 spitball. Like, what what is a what is a musician's career supposed to look like in this era, in your opinion? And and when I say supposed to, I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer, but I'm saying the way that you see it, how do you see yourself turning this into your a career? Sync licensing. Okay, yeah, I, I heard that. <laughs> um, writing music for commercials and shows, and um, also making your own shit and putting it out on a consistent level. I think consistency is key. Mm-hmm. I think if you are putting a song out every five months, you're never gonna get anywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to put it out. I, I'm try. I I told myself mm-hmm. I was gonna do one every other week. Well, nah, I don't, I'm not gonna do that. But I am gonna do one. I mean, I am, I am gonna do two every month. 
Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. So um, consistency is key. And the more that you get fans. But but here's the thing. Um, I, I heard this somewhere with Instagram and stuff. Like, yeah, everyone's always trying to get more followers, more followers. Well, why don't you um, really get to know your followers that you already have? Because mm -hmm. they're already devoted. Mm -hmm. So I've actually started taking that approach more because I was on this vibe of like, I need to get more followers, followers. Cause you know, labels will see I have followers and then they'll want to, they'll want to fuck with me. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, um, that's not, that's not the case. Now you, so sync licensing that, that is, that is easy. Well, not, not easy income, but it's consistent income. Assuming you land, like, you know, you get in a Sprite commercial or some shit. Right. Are you now, are you, are you actively trying to, to, to get to, to like court labels and that sort of thing? Um, well, I have been working with this company called Sorted Noise and they are doing, um, a lot of stuff with, um, a bigger sync licensing company and um we just had a writing camp last week and so i'm working with them but i've not had a placement yet mm -hmm. i just started last week was the first week i started with them mm -hmm. um so i am slowly getting into that um but i'm learning it's not really a big passion of mine um because I can't do exactly what I want to do. I yeah. can't make the music I exactly want to make. Like, they give you a brief. They give you keywords. They give you the episode or the scene. And then you got to write about that. It's not really, like, you writing from your heart and, like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Which, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a job. And guess what? You get to create. Mm -hmm. So you still get to create. And you get, it's, you get paid. Mm -hmm. um, so there's nothing wrong with it. But I think that is a way for income. Um, I think putting stuff out consistently, I mean, you're still getting paid after a while of your streams. It's not a lot, but you're still, there's right. some money there. I think I have like $400 in my distro kid mm. okay. over two years. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, you know, but it is, but the more songs put out, the more fans you're gaining. And right. if you are, if you, if you are nice to your fans and if you show respect and you don't just send them links in DMs, mm -hmm. they're going to like you. And I've learned that. Like, you don't, like, when I get people who just send me a link I've never met before, I'm immediately turned off. I'm like, bye. Like, I'm <laughs> done with you. But, like, for me, like, I'll message somebody on Instagram. Like, I'll find an artist I'm similar to. Mm-hmm. And I will find the people that comment on their posts. Mm -hmm. And then I'll click on those people that commented on their posts. Mm -hmm. And I'll go to their page, look at their story, because everyone's seeing who's watching their story. So I'll look at their story. Mm -hmm. And then I'll like a couple pictures on their feed. And then I'll DM them and I go, hey, I noticed that you like this person. Um, I actually make music too. Would love to um, send you my stuff to see if you'd like it. And then I... I, I'm done and then I send another message saying I can send you a link if you want I never just send them a link right off the bat and I always make sure I send two two messages so it doesn't look like it's a copy and paste thing mm -hmm. so it's a lot of work but um, it's working yeah okay it's working and so if I'm and now I'm feeling pressured to put more music out because now I'm like okay people like I feel like this is working right. so consistency is number two and you know COVID hit so there's no shows right. um, and to be honest shows for me were a big money pit because I wasn't doing covers so it's not like I could like you know get a lot of tips mm -hmm. I was doing I was doing like one show every every month 
and they're all my songs and we put the whole bill together yeah. and then I had to pay my band and then I was stressed out getting people to come and mm. it was just it was a lot um, so I think you know the for me at least what I'm doing right now is the consistency and then the sync licensing and then I, I'm just gonna start a paint company and that'll be my other side gig okay <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm down with it so yeah uh, what about you though so how are you th- seeing this, it this is what I'm thinking this is this is the way that I think of it because this I, 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 I'm coming out as a content creator who also makes music. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I go like ahead that. and take that label. I just. I will too. Yeah. Um, I'll take it. Because th- so th- th- this is the way that I think of it, and I don't want to box myself into a corner. I'm not saying that I would never sign a deal if I was offered that opportunity. I would say that I would have I, like it would have to be a profit split. That's number one. Um, which are I don't even think they have those historically. Those are relatively new. I know Russ has a profit split deal. Not, uh, not anymore. He just announced he's all independent this week. Okay, sweet. Now, and the, the point I was going to make about profit split, split deals is if you have enough leverage for a label to offer you a profit split deal, why go in in in, in business with you? the label in the first place? Why would you? Yeah. Yeah. There's just if, if you if, if if you have enough leverage to do that, there's no point for you to sign one. Agreed. Um, but it's hard for me to see a scenario where I would sign a record deal. Let me sign. Let me let me start off by saying that I believe in owning what I do, especially because I put the work into it. I put yep. the work into marketing. Yep. Marketing it, um, I, I I I I just don't believe in that system, and I think that really what labels sell they 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 don't sell music to consumers. What they sell is content. They 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 make money off of content re- residuals. That's how they make their money. But in order to get that content to make residuals off of, because they 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 own most of your royalties once you sign a deal, what they sell is the idea that millions of people will hear your music. They sell that idea to artists. Yeah. Like I, I argue that record labels primarily sell the idea of exposure to their artists. Mm-hmm. They, they, don't, they don't sell music to consumers. They sell the idea of exposure to the people signing that contract. And from that point on, they, they essentially act as a bank. They, they loan you money for an advance. Then... They ask for it back, and then once they get it back, they basically say, "Oh yeah, and then here's all this other stuff that we're going to take out of the money that you're already get, that you technically should already be yours." Mm-hmm. So that's number one. I don't really see myself signing a record label deal. Okay, now you could make an argument that you, that 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 lessens your streaming income, which I think is kind of true. But if again, if the, the if the label owns your royalties. <laughs> You're not getting the fucking streaming income anyway, even if you're crushing it in the streams. Um, so Agreed. this is what I'm thinking, because I like doing this. Um, I'm I, liking it too. Yeah, I, 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 I had this idea because I needed content to, to help push the music. I couldn't just say stream my song a million fucking times. This is a I way for, for for people to get to know me while they listen to my music. I love that. And then I started doing. It. I was like, oh yeah, this is a fucking blast. Yeah. So, um, I'll, as as I continue to grow this show, I'll probably get into ads. I can probably bring in some income through streams as long as I'm consistently releasing music, like you said. Like right now, I'm trying to do every six weeks. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, merch. I don't know when shows are coming again, but I'm just trying to piecemeal income streams that are related to me together. And I think that that is the model that people can live a fulfilled career with while also not selling all their shit away to somebody that doesn't give a fuck about them. I agree with you. That's kind of the way that I'm looking at it. 
you know, I just had this thought. You said, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm a content creator that makes music. Mm. Guess what? I am too. And you know what? I feel freed after saying that because I... I am creative, and I I actually love making content. Yeah. I love graphic design. I love making videos. I love, I just I love it all. But for a long time, you know, things are happening quickly. Today, I, I just was able to meditate. Now I'm just redefining myself right as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, for a while, I just felt caged in a in a box. Like, oh, um, I make music, so I should only post about my music. But yeah. The lo- the older I get and the more I'm on Instagram and the more I'm on these social media platforms, I'm not as scared to post about other things. Yeah, it's like I... Let's let, let me tell you a little bit about me. And like it, it's weird because like I try not to talk about myself in these things. Please like do. Part, part, like part of the fun of this show is like, you know, getting to know, you know, other artists and getting to know their music and that sort of thing. But it's also really like I'll, I'm, I'm here to talk about ideas. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to give other musicians a platform to talk about their ideas. And, you know, for, for other people to get to know these musicians, right, as people and have interest in their music. But all that aside... Um, I'm 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 a kid that grew up with parents who were significantly older than most parents in like for for somebody that had for people my age most parents are younger mm. right mm-hmm. and the idea of the music industry that I grew up with cuz my dad loved records but it was a very narrow way of looking at it like you know I heard all the classics you know a lot of Motown you know a lot of Stax OJs this kind of stuff soul music a lot of gospel music, and that was all that I heard growing up. Um, I was going to like you know the mall and like Fye when that was still a thing, and they'd be playing indie rock records. And I was like, oh wow, that's cool. And watching HBO, I would hear indie rock records, and I just had no exposure to that world. Yeah. And as a teenager, I started getting more and more into that music. But in in, in like in the old music industry and in this like you know indie alternative world, they're both very dogmatic, right? Um, there is a dedication to doing shit the old way. That they that the people just can't shake, mm-hmm. and the old way of doing shit has never worked for the artist. To the general public, I think to a degree, it looked like it had, but it's never worked for the artist. With these platforms, we have the ability to make shit work for ourselves if we want to put the work in, mm-hmm. right? But going back to what you were saying, I think that like to say that like you're you know you're a content creator who also happens to make music is kind of like you're 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 pissing on the sanctity of what it is to be a musician. No, um, and like not, and that, that that's fucking bullshit. And it I, is. I, yeah, you know, because I I'm not defined by one thing. Yeah, and and yeah, you shouldn't want as a creative person, you shouldn't want to be. But there definitely is that idea that as a musician, you should only post about music. Music. It's like you know, like we like Gary Vee, for example, right? And if like we've mentioned him several times, like Gary Vee is, I don't know, he's a like a capital and a, a capital investor and all this kind of shit. And like I have my qualms with capitalism, but the dude makes good content. This is a dude who made his money investing in early Silicon Valley companies and shit. Mm-hmm. He talks about social media marketing, but he loves talking about like parenting and shit. And it's like on the surface level, why the fuck would you tune in to watch a dude that's a that's yeah. a uh, a venture capitalist? talking about how to raise your kids right or like dave ramsey is supposed to be a financial guru and he loves giving a relationship advice yeah <laughs> you know nobody ever says to them hey 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 hey, dave 
you're 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 supposed to be talking about getting out of debt. Why right. the fuck are you telling me about why I shouldn't get a divorce and all this kind of shit? Right. There's no reason that somebody that makes rock and roll or somebody that makes chill pop can't do the fucking same thing. Yes, I agreed. I agree. Yeah, and I think people will appreciate that. Yeah, and and you also are able to show your personality more. You know, I think. Um, a lot of people would reach out to me about my yoga and they would say, wow, you know, I'm so inspired. I've started stretching myself. Like, please don't stop posting about your yoga. But then they also fuck with my music, too. So I do. I, I'm so I feel so relieved and free now that I'm now calling myself um I am a creator, and I don't just create music. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. I don't. Yeah, I like I, you know it. I um, music is my main instrument. I think. Yeah. But right for me, like it's it's my main thing too. But it it's just you know you 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 got to give yourself more flexibility to be the full spectrum of a human being. Yes. And I think that whatever fan base you 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 were fortunate enough to find and cultivate will appreciate you being multifaceted is what I think. Yeah. I um, think so too. P- people get tired of the same shit. People get tired of seeing you. Oh, another, another yeah. uh, post oh, about a song. Well, what else do you do? You, so I what remember like? we're, we just hit July a year ago. Let me tell you where I was. I had the two singles ago, save a little time. I was, I, it, it was finished and it was just sitting on my hard drive because I had released a single and like I was really disappointed because nothing happened. I didn't know, I didn't know dick about what I was doing. I didn't know shit. And my dumb ass was like, "Oh, well, I got to make a music video to like for my next." Yeah. And dude, yeah. I, I I wasted like eight months trying to make that happen. But what I learned in that process, like I, I got a camera and I yeah. basically I, I started like building all this shit that I use for the podcast. Now I think it was just part of me on on, on the journey, but. Um, that's that's real. Yeah, that's real. I, I think all things are one. Yeah, I think that it goes back to me saying how I hated my publicist job, <laughs> but now it helped me with my with my career now. Yeah, and I I I I I I relate with you heavy on the fact that you got a camera, and now guess what? Now you're using it for good. Yeah, and it, it, it it's the language of the universe. Have you ever read the book The Alchemist? I started it. I didn't finish it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading. I'm rereading it now. But it talks about the language of the universe. It talks about the omens. And if you live life too fast, if you try to get things done too fast, you miss signs. Dude, yeah. Like you, I, I think the hardest thing about this shit is being patient. It's so hard to be. Yes, patient. patience is key. Um, it goes back to meditation. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get heavier into meditation. I, I do think too. It would be really good for me. But um, it's like uh, sometimes I don't want to because it's like, oh, that's boring. I could do so many other things. Yeah, but like, I mean, sometimes I think it's like I, I would. I wonder if I would rather be a little bored rather than being anxious. I hate being really, anxious. So, so much of so much of being anxious comes from you anticipating something that might not even happen. Is you, you like be like, and, and I'm not saying that like that there isn't a clinical sense of anxiety, but anxiety in a very generic sense is essentially you always living in the fucking future, mm-hmm. always anticipating. Yeah, yeah, uh, and. You know, I, and and honestly, that's not a good space for 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 creating. No, honestly. it's no, because you make shitty work. Yeah, because I've I've actually I've I've been going through a lot of shit lately with, um, you know, just relationship stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, when you are upset with yourself, or maybe maybe s- making somebody else mad at you, or vice versa, um, 
you make you don't make good shit. But when and and I think um, energy is key. Mm -hmm. I think when you're on a good vibe and you're in a good energy, you're gonna make dope shit. And the same goes with your streams. When you have good energy for the song you put out or the podcast you put out, um, there's something in this universe that is attracted to that energy and it helps you. The universe helps you. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and, and I can attest to that because some of the songs that I was so like, I feel good. This mm -hmm. song, I love this song. It did well. It did really well. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, some of the other songs I've done that I'm like, uh, I, I wrote it when I was sad but not not you know ours right when they're sad. But this was like a I I have to do this because I have to put a song out. That's mm -hmm. that's the sad it was, and I was all already sad with something else. But I forced it was forced. I forced myself to do the song, put it out, and it didn't do good. Yeah, and it, it's the energy. Tell me, um, because you you you've got six singles out. You released I think three last year in 2019, and I think you're maybe you released four in 2019. Maybe I don't know. Um, it's unacceptable. What What's your? Well, hey, you got to start somewhere. You know, I think you got like to, to you. I know. Like, you know, I think Russ. Well, first of all, Russ had a, sh a bunch of shit like just lying around that he he could release out there. And you know, yeah, I, I don't know how 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 good all of it is because I, I I feel like there's like a fine line that you got to tread. Is like okay, like you definitely want to be consistent, but like to be releasing like a song a week for like eighteen months, ain't no way all that shit is good. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, you're a perfect human being if you can do that. Yeah, but you know, and and also, you know, I, I think when you when like when you when you're at like core, it's is, is hip hop. It's a little easier to do that than like you know pop or like rock and roll or that sort of thing. I think so but too. I'm not saying it's easy though. Um, but what is your um, what's your uh, like promotion process like when you're releasing these singles? Um. Okay. Well, I used to post about it like a week in advance, but now um, I've learned that I don't want to do that anymore because when I see other artists do it, um, I'm like, oh fuck, they post about. Oh, it's not out now. Oh, fuck. I hope I remember. That's literally my thought process. So, um, and I know people, and I like music. And I have followers that don't really care about music that much. So if I'm posting about a song five days in advance, it's not going to work. So now my process is I post the day before and then I post the day of. And then um, I pay around like three to $400 per song for um, playlisting. Um, so there's this company called Playlist Push. Um, and they... Uh, are really good. I mean, I've had great results um, from the past like five singles I put out. And what they do is they pitch your song to curators, and the the, the curators say yay or nay if they want to put it on their playlist. But then what I do, and I, I probably shouldn't say this loudly, but what I do is I find those curators because they uh, playlist push will give you um, a report back on like who said yes, who said no, why they said yes, why they said no. And I will find, and it will show you, like, the Spotify username. And normally, that Spotify username is the same Instagram username. Sometimes it's not, and sometimes you can't find them. So what I'll do is I'll find them, and then I'll find them on Instagram, follow them, like their shit, DM them, thank you so much for adding me to your playlist, then add them to a spreadsheet, a running playlist spreadsheet that I have now um, from the past year. And because I want to get to the point where I don't have to play playlist push anymore. And I just have this whole like spreadsheet of playlisters. So um, that's that's typically what my promotion process is, is just posting the day before day of and then doing that playlist push. 
um, campaign. And then um, after it's it's released, then how I told you how I reach out to like people who like similar artists to me, I do that heavy. I do that for like. F- a week and a week and a half, maybe two weeks. I'm just going to like Leon is an artist I love. I'll go to her page and I'll go to her most recent post and then I'll just find all those people and say, look, this is what I do. And I do that for about two weeks and my streams go up from it. And then I, I actually have like devoted fans. They'll, they'll like check out a lot of my, and sometimes I'll even share it on their story. And so, um, that's always good too. So that's kind of my vibe. That's what I do. Uh, what about Submit Hub? Have you tried that yet? Uh, I don't really like Submit Hub. I have tried Submit Hub. They, um, I just feel like it's not as quality. But I think it's, um, it depends on what outlet you're really trying to get your music um, out on. Um, Submit Hub to me, I've I've used it, and I've I actually got my song Deprived placed on a big YouTube channel um, from Submit Hub. And some is a lot cheaper. It's a lot cheaper. So I'm down with it. But I've heard some Hub is um, is better for if you're trying to get your song on blogs. I can see that. It, it, it's a mixed bag. And granted, you're you're far along in the pro- further along in the process than I am because I'm only literally as of today like three deep in the game. Um, that's dope. And though. between and I found you. That's dope. You're doing something right. We're both doing things right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're we, yeah, we're doing the best that we can. We're stumbling around in the dark. And getting yep. better and better with each piece, and really, yep. that's all that there is is stumbling around in the dark. Yeah. Um. So, so the, the my my first single on Submit Hub, I, I think I pitched it to maybe I don't know forty people. I got like one. I got to place yes. like one. Small that playlist. that's exactly it. Yeah. That's that's what I get to. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um. You, you, I mean, I, I think that I I, I need I, I I need to try it more times because my second single I think I I pitched to like thirty and I got four placements on playlists I didn't reach good. out to a whole bunch of blogs but um, it's I think this gets into the conversation of like the value of independent playlists and whether or not there is any because there, there there are some that are quite popular like ended like not not Spotify curated I mean yeah um, I think that the potential is there for you to get placed on one if you know it's one that kind of caters to like what your sound is to get exposed to enough of the right people um and work towards triggering that spotify algorithm and whatnot um here's the thing mm-hmm. you know Katy perry has released like three new songs Mm-mm. okay she's massive and you don't even know that and mm-hmm. i didn't know it yeah and m- my point is she's she doesn't have to uh, coddle her fans because they already but I guess what I was a fan mm-hmm. and I didn't even know she had three new songs mm-hmm. so I think the big what's key now in today's media is not so much coddling your fans but just being engaging with your fucking fans like yeah. being a human and treating them like a human I can't say this enough I, I, I said it before I'll say it again I hate it when people send me links I yeah. hate it. Yeah, it, and it's not like you know I hate when it. you're. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and that I mean, this just goes to the, the, that that this engagement thing that you're talking about because it's kind of like it's one of those things. If you like, you know, you you post on Instagram, follow me on Spotify, or it's like you don't you, care about me because you're essentially what you're doing is like you're like when when you think about you scrolling via social media you're doing it mindlessly and there just so happened to be a thing here or there that like catch your attention. Yes. Um, to ask somebody to leave that app and then go and log into another one, that's friction. It's you know so what I'm saying? much, and so much work. No, literally nobody is going to interrupt their day to do that for you. What they might do 
is engaged with whatever content that you is. Like for me, it's the podcast and it's the clips that I post from the podcast or whatever dumb shit I have to say that day. And if you do that consistently and they are interested enough in you and the human be- as a human being and they say, oh, well, he makes music too. I'm curious about what that sounds like. Yeah. Then they go and they, they, they go check it out. Yep. The, I think the hard the hard pill to swallow for people that make shit, like who make music anyway, is like I spend way more time doing this and like editing these videos down and, you know, on Adobe Creative Suite and shit. I spend yep. more time doing that than I make. I mean, I, I do still write and record music, but it's like I got to spend two or three times as much time doing this than making the music. And I think most musicians probably don't want to do that. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, uh, like, I, I like sitting here doing this part. I don't like sitting, I don't, I don't like editing it. Yeah. But I, I have to do it. Yeah, it's funny. That's why humans are so different. Because, see, I love editing video. Oh, shit, really? Uh, yes. So, the, uh, here's the thing. Like, you know, you keep doing this, it gets bigger. Um, and then you can hire somebody to do it for you, you know? And that's that's the whole um, beauty and I think is it capitalism? I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much beauty there is in capitalism. Oh, I, I think that yeah. <laughs> when it comes to capitalism, and I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that that like I I I would be ignorant and I, I think I'd be being intellectually dishonest if I were to say that that capitalism doesn't come with comforts and convenience. It's just in the grand scheme of our lives, I think that those comforts and that convenience is hollow. It doesn't. It doesn't bring us to, towards fulfillment. It just makes the daily suffering that people go through easier to deal with. Yeah. But I think that there'd be less suffering if we were more keen to to, to cater towards not cater towards, but but guarantee just guarantee the baseline of humanity for people, which we have the money to do as a society. We do. And really start pivoting the conversation towards how fulfilled people feel, rather than what shit they have. You can't it's um, say it louder for the people in the back, please. <laughs> You know, yeah, uh, it goes along with my whole issue with corporate America and how much I hate, hate getting answered by a robot when I'm calling a company. Yeah, you were having a real hard time with that that one day. I know. I, I just I, I do. I tend to get on rants and then the next day I'm fine. But when I, I when I get mad, I just I got to tell everybody. <laughs> It's probably not a good thing. I probably shouldn't share my negative energy with people. But I honestly, I posted about that because uh, for for you guys listening, I um, my bank wouldn't let me come into their 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 establishment um, because of COVID. But then they said that they were closing early during COVID um, for cleaning, I guess. But there's literally like four people in the bank. Um, so their hours were nine to four and well, everybody works a nine to five. So how the fuck is anyone supposed to get into the bank? And then you have to set an appointment with someone. If you really want to talk to someone, you have to set an appointment. So I was just, it was just very inconvenient. Now I see it. I understand it. But at the time it was so inconvenient for me. I was, I had to get this money and it was just very inconvenient. So I was mad. So anyways, I was on this story and I was ranting about it and, um, I just basically was saying how I'm taking all my money out of the bank. Um, I still have yet to do that. I haven't done that yet. But I I wanted, I posted it because I wanted to see what other people thought. I wanted to see if they agreed with me or if they were like, you're overreacting. And I got a couple of responses where somebody actually, he's like, I've already taken all my money out of the bank. So he's, I said, oh, for real? Where do you put your money? He's under my bed. Oh, God. I, I don't know if I'm that brave. Well, see, a lot of people 
he said, it's under his bed in the safe. A lot of people have that same response. And I always say, so you'd rather have strangers hold your money than your own? You don't trust yourself enough to hold your own money? Yeah, okay, okay. I trust myself to hold my own money. Look, okay, so let me, let me, I'm going to go on record as saying banks are fucking bullshit because all they do is take your money that you deposit and loan it out to other people. I know. That's what they fucking do. Yeah, but you'll get it back. you you might i mean if if the fucking economy collapses you might fucking not yeah um the i'm not going to get into my issues with the banking system but you know they b- banks take advantage of people my mom just f- sold my my grandmother's house my grandmother passed earlier this year mm. so she was closing out her affairs they sold the fucking house and they this house was paid off and um they found out when they sold the house that apparently they had signed what they call a uh, joint appreciation deal. I'm, I'm paraphrasing or something like that. But basically, it, it it entitles the bank to a portion of the proceeds of appreciation. What? Yeah, so they, what they, they probably do is they, they, they bait you in with a lower interest rate when you buy that house. Just so in the event that you sell it, they get a bigger cut of the proceeds when they fucking sell it. Gosh. Um, you know, banks are fucking crooked, man. Uh, and, but 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 they also run this economic system, and yeah, yeah, yeah. They deny a lot of people the stimulus money too. They denied a lot of small businesses the stimulus. Yeah, you know who they didn't deny it? Walmart. Yeah, to these big ass fucking companies. No. Um, and it's like, oh, so like a you know small small business can't have their doors open, but Walmart can open. Oh, you know, we are we, we the, now. I will say that, it, like, part, part this is this is primarily a music show. It's also a show about whatever the fuck I wanted to be about. But that's besides the point. We do talk a lot about economic justice on this on this show, and they just I it, with this, this whole COVID thing is just really really pissed me off because it it it, it is it, it it it's made absolutely clear that if we wanted to come up with a trillion dollars to eliminate student debt or to guarantee everybody health care that we could absolutely fucking do it because we have that money to give to fucking carnival cruises when they were too irresponsible with their money to save up in the event of a crisis. And then when fucking COVID hit, they were in the fucking hole and they went big, they went crying to the government saying, we don't have any money, please save us or we're going to go bankrupt. No, fuck you. You, you. you expect regular people to have two or three months of savings saved up why the fuck can't these big ass companies do it and why is it that when they fucking do it they get bailed out for the government and all we get is a twelve hundred dollar check i'm gonna fucking tell you why because we don't have a government formed by the people we have a gang of corporations yes we have a gang of corporations that are literally they they have they they, they have a group of crooks working yeah. for them so they can save fucking office yeah and and, and we, like we're, we're basically just here to keep consuming to keep consuming is right. That's just fucking bullshit. Yes, um, it is. Like I said, you like. Uh, in I really hope this podcast goes viral because people <laughs> need to hear this. I'm serious. You you just hit it round right the head. It's nothing but corporations. I want all those corporations to go out of business so fucking bad. The small business needs to come back. It's more small business. I was raised by small yeah, business. You said owners. your parents have a business. What do they do? They do heating and air. Okay. So I was raised on the whole mentality of small business work hard and you're proud of something. And I view my music as that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, even my content, I, I view that as my small business. And now I'm just about to start a, a painting company, a small little painting company where we're going to um, be painting 
walls like this, but also offer mural mural painting as an offer. But mm. um, I'm just ex- and that's also guess what? It's mm. not music, but guess what? It's part of me. And it's also creating. We get to paint murals. So the corporations can go fuck off. Um, I hope I hope they all die, but they won't. Yeah, and, you know, I'm. Like, I don't shop yeah. at Walmart. I don't shop. I don't shop at. Um, I don't go star. Oh, I'd go Starbucks sometimes. See, I'm <laughs> I'm the part of the problem. Well, this this is the thing. Like, but it makes it easier. So you, I'm like I'm not like I'm a, I'm a realist about all this. I'm not I'm not under any illusion that these companies are just going to collapse. What I, what I am saying is that go- government needs to serve as the brakes for the corporate system. You see what I'm saying? And they're not. Like, yeah, they're no, they're not. They're 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 the fucking gas pedal. Yeah, they yeah they are. They're the gas pedal. They are. Um, they are. It's it's. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not under any illusion. Like I don't think that like Amazon is just going to tank. But I I do think that if if we are going to have an Amazon, the U.S. government has to be there to say, look, if you're going to be in business, you can't buy the Washington Post and Whole Foods and AMC theaters and J.C. Penney and whatever the fuck you want to buy. You need to pay your workers a living wage. You need to make sure they're getting adequate health care. Yeah, but we're in a free country. Do we? Because well, what, what, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, but that's what they could say. They could be like, well, we're in a free country. I should be able to buy whatever I want. That's money talks. Money talks. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. It, m- money does talk. We this, this this whole thing with a free country, you... What what you billionaires are free to do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, if you have money, it's a free country. Yeah, what what? But you know, so what what kind of freedom do we want? That's the question we need to start asking. If if we leave, live in a free country, what kind of freedom are we talking about? Is it is it, is it is it the freedom to self actualize, or is it the freedom for you to essentially achieve godlike status because of the, the the amount of money that you're able to to accumulate? Mind you, not by work. Like Jeff Bezos is the richest man in modern history because he started a company that, that's a great service. I get it. But his wealth is derived from the fact that people want to own a piece of his company. You know, you like they're 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 if 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 Amazon is valuable because people want to own a piece of it, the people that work for that company that actually make it run, that actually get the packages to you on time, mm. they need to be valued more so than the people who were just willing to funnel money into it. Mm. Because that's yeah. not actual work. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't know. Um, we don't. We don't have to talk about that anymore. No, um, I, I'm agreeing <laughs> with you. I, I have nothing to say because you're saying everything yeah, right. I, I just, you know, the, I'm on your side. It's too bad that I'm not on your side because we could debate really good. But I, I'm listening to everything you say, and I'm like, this is right. He's right. It just it stresses me out. I know it stresses me out yeah. too. But again, like you know what, you're living in this in this country, so um, might as well try make some, make as much money as you can. Yeah, I, it, I mean, even even that. I mean, I, I think like if I could, I I almost like wish I could like. No, I don't. I like the name of this podcast. I like Black Demarco's Community Podcast. But like I. There's a part of me that would like go back and call this podcast. We got the game fucked up because we do have the whole game fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like as, as far as like you know, people who create music is it, kind of like, oh well, these rules were set by a bunch of rich motherfuckers 30 years ago, and we're still trying yep. to play that game that yep. they wrote for us. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, 
it, we, we, and we just can't break out of that mindset in the same way that like in the United States, we can't break out of the mindset that like money is the end all be all. It's nice to have. It makes life easier. Mm. I get it. But mm. there's no point in having a whole bunch of it and still being unhappy. Yes. So I think um, here's something that's maybe positive. <laughs> Here I am with death again. Um, <laughs> but all these old people are going to die. Uh-huh. All these, uh, you know, this younger generation, like uh, the the younger ones, like 13-year-olds right now, they're eventually going to be 30, 40. The whole world's going to be changed. Mm. Those 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 laws and regulations that we have in place right now and the way that the music is, if we're going to talk about music, but just in general, just a whole, like, umbrella of how everything is done, it's all going to change. Because guess what? All those old white men are going to be dead. They're going to be dead. And all this, all this old blood that has these weird beliefs and these weird stigmas, dead. And it's gonna be. I think you know if we're gonna. Uh, I'm I'm gonna start to touch on racism really quick. But I think in the next ten years, I think in the next maybe thirty years, I think it could be gone because all of these old beliefs, all these people are gonna be dead. It's a spicy take. Because guess what? Slavery was literally what, like only like 150 years ago? Yeah. It, it, That's it. It, it hadn't been that long since it, hasn't, it ended. It hasn't been that long. So we still have these older people who have this weird, they're like, oh, oh, I'm not, I'm not, racism doesn't exist. I, I don't see that. But they still have this weird, like, oh, but you know, you can't date, you can't date someone of a different color. Or, oh, like you shouldn't live there. You know what I'm saying? They have this, they're older. But guess what? People, our generation, there's still some people be, because of how they were raised. But eventually, people who, my children, who I raise, they're not even going to know. Hopefully, they, I mean, they'll know about it, but not by how I, I raise them. Mm-hmm. And that is just going to trickle down. Those, my kids' kids, mm-hmm. hopefully, won't even be aware. Yeah. And it's just because we're all dead. <laughs> you, t- you seem like you t- spend a lot of time I'm talking sorry, about thinking about that. It's just a positive and a negative You're at from, the same time. Um, a small farm town in Ohio, right? Yes. Um, and what, also, what time is it? I got work out five thirty. It is. Unfortunately, I wouldn't care, but it is four thirty. Oh, okay, we're good. Okay. Uh, what time do we start? You started at I don't what, know, but I've, I've been loving this. I want to get comfortable. I wish I had some wine. We got about, we got about 20 minutes left. Typically, we go about two hours. I, I wish we had. I wish I had some wine. I haven't had a podcast where we're drinking yet, but um, I, I'll absolutely have you back, and you can have Should some I, wine. Can I do this? Yeah, you can do that. Okay, okay. Let me make sure you're still in the frame. Oh, here. oh here. Yeah. No, you're fine. I mean, you're fine. You probably are. I just want to be sure. Oh, okay. Do it again. Oh, yeah. You're totally fine. Okay, good. Yeah, you're still in there. <laughs> Um, the one like drawback of those cameras is like if people move, I I don't always know like what they fucking yeah, look like. But I, yeah. I think they're positioned in a way that, that captures the movement pretty well. Okay. Um, Good. Yeah. So gro- growing up as a young white woman in Ohio, um, what what was the what was the racial conversation like? Man, I don't want to offend anybody, but like, okay, so I went to a high school of two hundred fifty kids in my class, mm-hmm. and there were probably three black kids in my class so mm-hmm. it was predominantly a white neighborhood um but i never was raised in a way of like oh i shouldn't like i shouldn't you know like hang out with these people. i was never raised in that way my parents never did that i saw them everybody's the same and that's how my par- parents raised me but mm-hmm. the thing that i will say is when i say weird stigmas 
I mean, my parents don't think racism exists. Mm -hmm. They don't think it exists. They don't think it exists anymore. Okay. Again, they're living in a small town in Ohio Mm -hmm. where there's not even like Uber or Lyft, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's very small. So they don't think it it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I say, you know, I get in debates with my parents because I like to talk about this stuff. And I tell my mom, I said, Mom, would you be okay if I dated a black man? And she said, I don't know if I'd be comfortable with it. So that's the first, th- that, that li- we had that conversation last month. That's the first time we brought it up. I said, Mom, I think that is a form of racism. What did she say? No, Serena, it's not. It's not. This just, uh, you know, like red birds don't mate with the blue jays. And I'm like, this is uh, what your mom said? Yes. Okay. Continue with and this conversation. Uh, so I said, and my brother, my younger brother, he's 21 now. And mm-hmm. he's very, um, he's very aware of things. He's he's really dope. I love my brother. He's a big anime fan. He's a big gamer. Anyways, he's sitting there in the conversation listening because I'm on the phone. And he starts um, giving valid points about like the birds and how, of course, the red bird isn't going to move the boot because they're completely different makeup. He's uh, giving a good explanations <laughs> on my side. He's like giving a good explanation, mm-hmm. and so my mom. This, but but here I told my mom because you can attract more more people with honey versus you know with sour, mm-hmm. and so I said, Mom, you know, um, we uh, you were raised with this stigma, mm-hmm. and. I was raised with this stigma because I was raised by you. And I was like, I'm not blaming you, mom, but I think the fact that we can be aware of this stuff and the fact that we can actually sit here and have a conversation about it, I believe that we can change. I believe it. And I think it's gotten her to start thinking more. You think so? I I truly think so. I am. I truly do because the fact that I said I think I believe. I said believe. believe. I said, I believe that we can change, Mom. I believe we can change these weird thoughts in our head. I said, I said, Mom, it's just like that's just like saying I can't date someone with red hair. They can't help that they have red hair. You're right. And she she didn't say anything then. Mm-hmm. So it, it's starting to click. I think I th- I really do think. And I, I talked to my dad about this. We got a big debate about the um defunding police thing. Mm-hmm. My dad is very much for the police, and I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he, we got in a debate, and I said, "Well, I think that mom might be a little racist, and she doesn't mean to be." I was just getting mad. He, and mm-hmm. He's like, "Your mom would do anything if there was a person out on the road stranded, and they were a black person. She wouldn't care. She'd say, but you're right. You're right, Dad. Mm-hmm. You're right. And that's why you think that racism doesn't exist. But it's different." It's different ways. Mm-hmm. It's like different ways of expressing it. Mm-hmm. And you don't think, I, I go, how can you say that? And she, he, my dad goes, well, okay, if you started dating a black guy, Serena, and you brought him home, I'm sure we would be, uh, we'd want to know, we'd want to get to know him. But if he, if he seemed like a good guy, of course we'd like him. I go, Okay, Dad, I like that, but why does he have to prove himself? But then my dad had a good point. He said, well, every guy has to prove himself. I'm like, okay, fine, fine, whatever. So we we had this discussion, but I think my mom carries that with her more heavily than my dad does. Uh, my dad my dad doesn't really care. He, he sees everybody 
whatever. But my mom, I think, carries it more. And that's why me and my mom, I've been more nice to my mom. I don't get in heavy, mean debates like I do with my dad. Because um, my mom, she this is just what she has been raised to believe. Yeah. Wow. I, um, I, I, as we've been having these conversations in the midst of like, you know, the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and uh, Elijah McClain and all this kind of stuff, I've been trying to really understand the mind of somebody who is either actively or casually racist. Now, in like the, 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 the grand scheme of things, right? I think that, that, that racism and capitalism as we practice it are very intertwined, but like on the micro level from person to person, person to person to person, I really think that like people have to ask themselves the question, why is it, why do I believe what I believe? And most people don't ever question what it is they believe. You know what I mean? It's just like, well, that's, that's the way it's always been. That's the way it's always going to be. Yeah. That's, 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 I think that's 90% of it. That's 90% of it is is your parents. But like when you would like, when you're talking about your mom and she, you're like, she doesn't consider herself racist. I don't think most racist people do consider themselves racist. And then you ask, well, if I brought a black guy home, how would you feel about it? She's like, eh, I probably wouldn't like that too much. And I was shocked. I was like, Mom, how can you, s- Mom? That's racism. Yeah, I said very nicely, and I said, Mom, that's what it is. Yeah, and she goes, oh, No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, she's the nicest person. I, you I, know? Look, I she, believe it. Look, I, I believe like I'm, and I'm not. I'm not here to pass judgment on anybody, but like I, I do think like on the micro level, I think that. White people need to have more conversations among themselves on this. Like, well, fuck. Like, why, why, why is that my reaction? Mm-hmm. What, what, you know. And I, I get that it, it comes from your parents, but it also comes from broader society. Um, I agree. And you know what? To be honest, like the protests, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't gonna walk because I didn't know if I should because I felt like my my family would get mad at me. Hmm. You think Be- so? They well, they're, they're the type that say all lives matter. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being honest. Yeah. And, you know, with me being raised like that, I thought that too. I was like, when black people say black lives matter, I'm like, oh, well, what about me? That's how I would feel. But I wasn't aware. Like, I, I, I have, I've been having a lot of conversations mm-hmm. with people. And I've been opening my eyes. And I, I am tend to be very stubborn with what I start to believe. And I feel like just by the day, by the week, these past couple months, the scales have been coming off so quickly. And which is why I'm bringing it up to my mom now. And, um, you know, I feel like what I'm learning now, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it more. And now I'm talking to my parents about it. And now I think I'm shaking them. Because I was being shook. Mm-hmm. And my friend, my, my very dear friend, Shawnee, she, um, she is black and she was adopted and she was raised by a white family. Mm-hmm. And sh- so she talks to me a lot about, she's like, she, she's just informed me on a lot of things. So I walked the protest with her. And in the beginning, I was like, I don't know if this is something I should do. Again, because of how I was raised. It's it's all the family. And that's why I keep saying, like, all these older people are going to die. Right. All this, it's going it, to... I firmly believe, like, it, it will get better with with time and with the gener- as the generations get older and older. I, th- I think that as long as we're doing the work, that's true. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that it's a given. But, yeah, I take your point. I, th- I think the potential is there for it to change. Yeah. Um, I think that, that 
there, there, I mean, there are a lot of angles that you come at it with. I just think that, like, as a society, we have to start asking ourselves, what kind of world do we want to live in? What kind of world do we want this to be? Um, there's no, there, yeah. there's, there's, there's no or country f- or country. Yeah. I mean, c- country is, is, is the one, the part of it that most immediately affects us, but I also think it's the world, you know, cause like, you know, it like sh- shit is not sweet here in the United States right now. Shit is whack. It is fucked up, yeah. but that whack and fucked up is like the day to day reality for somebody that like lives in Yemen or something like that. You know what I'm saying? And like. I'm I'm working towards the life that I want for myself, and I think more than what I want for any other human being on this planet is to be able to like have that kind of confidence to be able to go after the shit that you want to go after. But there are people all over the world who literally just need clean water. I know. You know what I'm saying? But there's people in other countries that were seeing what was happening here, mm-hmm. and they're like, wait, you guys are still going through that? Yeah. They were like laughing, right. like not laughing, but like, what the fuck yeah. is your problem? No, it, and it is, it's, it's all, it, a lot of it is with government and our justice system. Mm-hmm. And it's all mandated by, I hate to say it, my dad gets mad at me when I say it, but the white man. They all is, just yeah. like make all these fucking dumbass rules. And I watched the Netflix documentary called 13 mm-hmm. about the prisons mm-hmm. and stuff. We are home to 5% of the population on the planet. Okay, mm-hmm. the USA is. We're also home to twenty five percent of the incarcerated yep. population. Mm-hmm. Did you watch that documentary? I read. I read her. So that book is based on Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow. I read that book years ago. Oh, uh, gotcha. I haven't gotcha. actually watched the documentary version of it, but it is very similar to the book from what I've heard. Um, but I did know that. Um, yeah. yeah, we it's fucked. We, you know, and you know, you. I'm, I'm, I know that they talk about the private prison industry in that documentary. Um, yeah, how J.C. Penney and Victoria's Secret was literally having these workers do work. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people making money off of that shit. Um, and why do they incarcerate? The whole incarceration thing now is something I'm not. I'm I'm starting to think. What? I don't, I don't think I like that we this. need prisons. Yeah, but then what do we do? Like, there's got to be something. What about the crazies who do like who do want to kill people? You know, I, there I are think, those okay. people. So, let, all right, so I'm, I'm, this, this is my opinion. These, and the, these are just my opinions. This is just one guy talking on the internet, right? Um, when it comes to violent crimes, right? I think that those people, if if you are, you know, if you commit like first degree murder or some shit for whatever reason, um, it's probably a good idea to set those people apart from society at least for a time. Um, I think that the correctional system needs to be geared towards rehabilitation than punishment. That's number one. We have to get over our obsession with you did a bad thing and now you gotta pay for it. Um, I think that we need to have a more compassionate way of looking at it that says, okay, okay, well, you have done a bad thing. Let's see if we can't we 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 can't mitigate and reform some of these behaviors. Let's get to a point where maybe we get to the root of where this trauma is coming from. Now, I think a lot of like violent crime is an outgrowth of a lack of 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 material provision like i think most crime somebody stole my neighbor's truck out, out, out of his fucking driveway literally they, they came at like 11 30 at night they stole this man's truck right out of his fucking driveway right people don't do that because they're bored people don't do it because they just like they just have a natural predisposition for crime people steal people rob people you know like like if you're talking about like in, like like in the context of like gang violence like gang violence is overwhelmingly linked to the drug trade 
people go into the drug trade because they don't see any other kind of way to make money, okay? So much of crime has an economic root. If you get to the point where you start addressing the economic roots of people suffering, they're probably less inclined to commit crime, and we wouldn't need as many cops and as many prisons in the first I fucking place. Agree. So maybe let's start there, right? And also, not to mention, like, the drug use thing. Mm-hmm. Drugs make you weird. Mm-hmm. I can see why there, there becomes violence with drugs, mm-hmm. because you get weird. Your mind starts to think weird things, and then you get weird with other people, mm-hmm. and then it just gets weird. Okay, did, did, but do drugs make you act weird, or do they just kind of, like, amplify what's already there? I think they amplify. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's that, that's my personal opinion on it. I, but I even like with like so like there there's so many people like I'm sure you saw this in the documentary too. The explosion in the prison population came from the war on drugs. We were locking yep. people up for yep. nonviolent drug offenses. Yes. Um, those people don't need to be serving life sentences for selling marijuana or, yeah. or, or 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 any of it. Yeah. Well, there was a girl that they talked about who it was her first offense and uh, she was black. And she got a life term for getting caught selling cocaine. There's, yeah. No fucking reason and, she should be serving a life sentence. No. And also, there's no reason. You know, they talk about, oh, you know, we you can't get an abortion. Or you can't, you can't, like, you can't do this. You can't kill. Then why the fuck do we still have death row? Who are we to say that somebody can die? Who are we to, to take somebody's life? Don't believe in that either. I don't Even either. for murderers, do not believe in the death penalty. Because I think that, like, the way that they sell it to people is, like, it's like a, a deterrent from crime. It's like, oh, yeah, well, if we have a death penalty for capital murder offenses, people won't want to murder. Fucking false, number one. Number two, I think that we're obsessed with punishment. Fucked up. Number That's three, so many people get falsely convicted of murders, and like a lot of people have been executed on death row, and then they get exonerated with DNA evidence, but they're already fucking dead. Yeah. Um, no, we don't need like I just like we. I, I, it, it, to, to me, it just goes back to what kind of society do we want to live in? What what kind of world do we want this to be? And to go back to your point about like you know rich old white dudes making all the decisions, those decisions are meant to keep the people in power who are already in power. In power. Um, and like, I'm not saying like, I'm not, I'm not here to say that we got to like tear down, you know, the white capitalist power structure to punish them. I just want right. life to be better for everybody. Me too. That's all I want. Me too. So. Me too. And I just, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon because those people who have these, again, weird stigmas, they don't, they don't see it. They think everybody is happy. Because. Yeah, I think. Well, oh, Jesus maybe, Christ. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But I feel like, well, there's a lot of people that don't think racism exists. You're right. <laughs> but a lot of those people are always like, at least the way that like it's always presented to me is that like, you know, white people that don't think racism exists just think that like we, we being black folks should just complain about everything for no fucking reason. Yes. Yes. I hear that too. Look, you know who I think is doing a lot of complaining right now? White uh, folks. Yeah. Especially with their masks. <laughs> Right. I've seen so many fucking Instagram videos of that shit where people, again, right in the beginning when I'm like, yeah, the people who don't wear the masks are the ones who are entitled. Yeah, I don't, man. No, we could go on forever about I this. I know. Do you think? Do you think we'll ever not have to wear masks? Do you think it's gonna be a thing now? You know what's weird is that in parts of Asia, that's just part of their like when you when you're sick, if you have a cold or something like that, you wear a mask. And in other parts of the world, they've always done it. I would not be surprised if it's just part of our way of life to some, I don't, to, to, it won't be mandated necessarily, but I do think that it, it'll probably be around for a while. I do too. 
Um, COVID has really done a number on us. I've um, heard that there's supposed to be a vaccine for COVID in the fall. Yeah, it looks like they're moving fast towards it. It does. That's good. Um, but, you, are you going to get it? I'm going to get it. I believe in vaccinations. I believe in inoculations. Okay. Where are you on that? I don't. I don't oh like. Oh my vaccines. god! Are you an anti-vaxer? I just. I don't. I don't <laughs> like vaccines. I've just watched a lot of things about how like some vaccines can not let you have children, and like the Clintons are. I could be wrong. Some some political leader, maybe it was Al Gore. I can't remember. Went to these other countries with a vaccine. Oh yeah, Bill Clinton went. He he was promoting the AIDS vaccine in Africa. Was that what it was? And then these women got it, and then they found out they couldn't have children. And they, okay, so. That's horrible. Listen, I'm not a scientist, number one. Neither am I. Um, I will say, I will go on record. I believe in vaccinations. I will be getting the COVID-19 <laughs> vaccine when it comes out. I'm not going to judge oh. anybody who, who makes different decisions. I'm just going to say that if there is a vaccine, I guarantee that we're going to have the same debate that we're having right now. I know. There are going to be people who are like, oh, no, dude, it's look, they're, they're putting 5G in your blood is what they're going to fucking say. Yes. Is that they're injecting you with 5G is what motherfuckers are going to say. And I'm going to be like, all right, well, I guess now instead of fighting over masks, we're going to talk about whether or not we should, should get be, the vaccine. Yeah. Oh, um, my gosh. You're so right. Yeah. I we're just, saying so many things. that. This is what I will say. I will say that. The, the the internet makes it makes it easier for conspiracies. Yes, and I'm such a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, I'm not. I mean, you know, because I mean, there. I think there are conspiracies that have weight to them. Um, just not all of them. Yeah. But the, the the issue is that these conspiracies become more and more potent when the institutions that are allegedly supposed to protect us are not doing their job to protect us. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. Right. <laughs> And, you know, the whole thing with with the mask, you know, Dr. Fauci, or Fauci, Fauci mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he straight up lied to us. He fucking lied. Yeah. He and, you know, I, I feel bad because I like that dude. But we, we talked about this on last episode. Could t- it, it refresh us on what happened with the mask and Dr. Fauci. Oh, well, basically what, what I saw was they they said, OK, you need the mask. And then they said, OK, don't need a mask. Um, right. And the reason why they said that you don't need the mask because actually they were running low on material right. to make masks. Exactly. And then when they got the material back, then they're like, okay, now you need the mask. Right. So they they lied. So I, I want to go back to where this whole podcast started. This this motherfucker is an MD and a PhD. He is an incredibly uh, in, incredibly decorated scientist. Right. I, I have no doubt that he's a smart fucking dude. He's almost eighty. He looks pretty damn good for eighty two. Yeah, he does. But. I, I'll go back on record and saying nobody has this shit figured out mm. because clearly like the I, I, this is like a once in a hundred years kind of thing. I know. And I know. we fucked it up like a once in a 100 year kind of thing because all these people who are highly educated and have these didn't know what the fuck they were doing. They didn't. But and it maybe it's easy for me to sit here and Monday morning quarterback this. I see. They, they, how could this have been handled differently? They knew that masks were effective. Right. So either they needed to put more pressure pressure on the government to make more shit, which the president could have done under un, un, like under that fucking War Powers Act where he could force American companies to make shit that we need, Gosh. or they could have said, "Look, we need to take these lockdown measures seriously. The masks can be effective in spreading in in in, in, in mitigating the spread, but we need you to stay home because we want to make sure that we have enough PPE for the medical professionals." Yep. What they decided to do instead was fucking lie, and now they're crying like little bitches 
because people don't want to wear the fucking mask. Yes. Why should they listen to you when you literally when lie, you lie to them? Yes. Yeah. And look, you like you 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 don't need to be an Ivy League graduate to figure that math out. No. You didn't have to lie to say we 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 can't have everybody wearing masks right now. That's why people don't yeah. like the government because like, they get yeah. lied like, to. They, they they look they fucked it up. They, they fucked, they, they it, fucked up it up. Bad. They did. And I'm and I I like I, I think that we should be listening to Dr. Fauci. I think he's a smart dude, but um, didn't have to I, lie. I, I, am, I am disappointed with him in that respect. Yeah, and then you know I, gosh, my friend always tells me how Trump fired uh, his whole um, disease control. He sure did. Right before this Why all happened. That? Look, you this this <laughs> and I, you know I, I think we 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 know that like not everything is right up there, but regardless of not everything being right, that motherfucker is the president. So just I, and we're we're coming to the end here. I just want to like put this in everybody's ear. Anytime you feel like you're not good enough for anything, remember that Donald Trump won the fucking presidency. I'm, and I, 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 I know I know what you're gonna say. He was white. He was rich. Yeah, that made it a whole lot easier. I'm just saying that it even did. like like fucking Bloomberg spent half a billion dollars on ads to be president and still fucking lost. Yeah, he did. He didn't even come close. Why did he lose? Like, what was his strategy? Why did it not work? Money can buy you a lot of shit. Money can't buy you everything. Yeah. It cannot buy you everything. It can't, but like, what what was his strategy? How did it differ so much from Trump? Oh, he was literally going to try to buy the election. He was literally going to try to outspend everybody else and put himself in the seat. That's what he was going to try to do. Yeah, but it didn't work. No, it didn't work. He didn't know what the fuck he... Look... I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. Nobody has this shit figured out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're as rich as Bloomberg, I think that you think that you can buy everything. You do. Yeah. Money changes people. No, he was dumb as hell. Money, ch- <laughs> Money changes people. <laughs> no, uh, so what... Okay, I know we're ending, but I just want to hear your thoughts on this presidency uh, next 2020. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, if the polls hold the way that they're holding, Donald Trump might lose, and he might lose bad. So, uh, what do you think about Biden? <laughs> That's everybody's response. That's every dude. <laughs> no, you know, here's my thing: the Democratic Party. Look, I don't, I don't call myself Republican or Democrat. Mm-hmm. I, I would really like to call myself Independent, but you know, it's a wasted vote. The Democrats have all this money. That's the best you got. That's yeah, that's the dude, best this, this is, you got. This is what I'll say. Are you serious? The Democratic Party establishment is dedicated to maintaining the status quo that lets corporations run this country off of a cliff. That is what they are dedicated to. And Joe Biden is the perfect candidate for that because he's he he he's he he's in cahoots with them to begin with. Oh, for sure. And I think that he is he's just not cognizant enough to make a fucking difference either way that it goes. So, what do you think the country's what state the country is going to be in if Biden gets in? And then what do you what do you I think, think that we'll give us our we'll give ourselves a big pat on the back because we 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 kicked the racists out, but as far as the condition of the economy, as far as the condition of working people, it's still going to be fucked. Yeah. Unless we we get some like super progressive candidates in there that can they can they can hold his feet to the fire. And what do you think if Trump stays? It'll be all of the bad stuff about the economy and working people, and it'll be scary. Yeah, it will be scary. That I it, think. It, it'll be both of those because things. Because he just feels the fire. He it, the way he's he he gains popularity is hate. Yeah, yeah. No, he does. Um, he but, he he is he is dedicated to making everybody have a bad time, like un, unlike anything I've ever seen before. And he knows what he's doing. 
I think, I think he knows. I think that some of the, pe- the the people that are that are in his inner circle know what they're doing. I think that he is totally a reactionary force. Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah. I, I think like we talk about Stephen Miller, who's his senior advisor, a lot. I think that he knows what the fuck he's doing. I think that he has an actual agenda. Donald Trump is just out for himself. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think you're right. You know, but all these people that support Trump, they they love him. They do. They love him. He, Donald Trump went on record saying, I could shoot somebody in front of my, my he said, people. He said he could stand in the middle of Fifth yep. Avenue and shoot somebody and wouldn't lose any voters. Wouldn't lose any voters. Yeah. The fact that he just says that. Yeah. No, he, look, he, he has some dedicated supporters. Like I said, the, if, if the polls hold the way that they're looking right now, he might actually fucking lose because they just, like, he. <laughs> They, I could go on about this forever. They fucked up the COVID response and they fucked up the economic response in addition to the COVID response. Mm. Like, in, like he, he, I, and I fucking hate him. I hate his fucking guts. I think that he's bad for the country. I think he's bad for the planet. Mm-hmm. But he had the opportunity to look like a hero. He had the opportunity to like literally have an FDR moment. He had that opportunity to shut everybody the fuck up. He did. And the world was falling apart and he decided... Not even to like to he 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 the world was on fire and he decided to throw gasoline on it. Yeah, and is he, what he, he decided and he, to he do. He never wears a mask either. No, you know I don't think that he believes in the virus. I don't think that he believes that there's actually a virus. That's that's what happens when you're that fucking wealthy and you're that fucking entitled. Nobody's ever told you no. A fucking force of nature comes in and fucks the whole game up, and you think that you can just talk your you you can talk it away or not look at it and pretend like it's gonna go away. COVID is here to stay, bitch. Yeah, and here's the thing. All these people, like I watched a documentary. I love documentaries. I watched a documentary on Trump on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, the people that support him, if they would have seen how he was when he was in his heyday, like mm-hmm. younger, my work, the working class people like my dad, he wouldn't like Trump at all. Yeah. He'd be like, he's a turd. That's, mm-hmm. that's what he'd say. Yeah. And not to mention the whole Jeffrey Epstein case. I watched that documentary too. Mm-hmm. Trump was there. He was fucking underage girls. Mm. And Clintons were there, mm. including Hillary Clinton. Mm. And all these like big name people were going to Jeffrey Epstein's Prince private I, Prince Andrew, yes. And I just saw yesterday that the girlfriend His of girl. Jeffrey Epstein got um yep. she got in trouble. Yeah. Thank gosh. We could go on for this forever. I hate yeah. it that we ended on political note, but look, this is my fucking show. We talk about whatever we want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we do. Listen, where can we find you on the internet? Okay, uh, eliahlane.com, or you can... I'm, I'm literally the only Eliah Lane ever. That's why I, I call myself that. It's E-L-I-Y-Y-A. Sweet. Yeah. You were great. Yeah, this is the last. This is the first time we've met uh-huh. in person, and I love your energy. Well, thank you. It's been nice. I've had a blast we, we, talking to you too. I've got. I've. We go kayaking every Saturday. You gotta come. Okay. And I have a fire pit now, so sweet. I'm gonna hit you up. We'll be hanging out because I want to have you back on the show again to talk more about content because we, we we touched on it. I want to touch sorry. on it more. No, no, no. Like, like this is a long. We, we we this is just talking. Yeah, it is. You know what I'm saying. I love it. Um, but we're gonna go ahead and call it. Um, I will see you guys <laughs> next week. Thank you.